Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Not much. Busy and waiting for Omicron to wash over us like it's washed over everybody else. (laughs) Yeah? We're on the other side of We are opening the border. The border is open. I'm coming over. We're opening the border in stages. There's five stages. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. When can I when can I get there? When can I go there and join a hockey tournament with you guys? You can probably come here without any sort of special visa requirement by October. That's so stupid. Why that long? (laughs) What's gonna happen between now and October? We're gonna have a uh, a double alpha strain or something. Well, this this is what's happening, right? It's a slow rollout. So if you've got a if you've got a visa and if you make enough money to warrant being here, so like if you make one point five times the median wage, it's real funny how it's like, oh, you know, we we care about people until uh until money gets nope, involved. No poor, it's like no poor people. If you make a if you make a lot of money, you can get in in March. <laughs> so it's just what it oh. is. It's like yeah, if you're a, if you work in the tech industry or you know you work in healthcare. Or you make one point five times the, the the median average, which is like eighty four thousand dollars. You can we'll let you in in March without quarantining, and so you can come in and just pretty much walk in and then quarantine at home, which means you know whatever you'll sit at home for three days and then go to the grocery which means store. Means you don't spread around, yeah. Which means you don't. <laughs> which means quarantine. you don't. You yeah. just you just get out to the wild and start spitting in mouths again. Yeah. So that's, look, so, that's what you do. so so New Zealand now has had two. They had two hundred forty three cases yesterday. That's the highest cases, the highest daily total since the pandemic began two years ago. Your numbers numbers. are so disappointingly low. So, but they're coming up though. They're they're coming up, right? We're gonna hit, yeah. Because on this, I'm looking at a stuff at the stuff front page, and also right above that is U.S. death toll from COVID nineteen hits nine hundred (laughs) thousand. Wow. And there's only 64% of the population fully vaccinated. New Zealand is at 96% of people 12 and up are vaccinated or double vaxxed. 96%. Pretty so good. we're going to open up the border and we're probably going to have a couple thousand cases a day, but everyone's so highly what? vaccinated. So like yeah. it is what it is. So like at this point, they're just trying to make sure that people like you don't come in here with some crazy new variant that the vaccine doesn't work against. And so they're going to just going to wait until it's going to be and that's going to be October. Yeah. So October, where you can come in with no requirements, right? You can just come in. You can just do what you did. Right. But I can say, hey, I'm in tech. Let me in. And they'll be like, fine. You're, you're young. You- you're, you're young. You're in tech. You're attractive. Come on in. You're, you're not intimidating, right? <laughs> I mean, if you have a job, sure. I got a if job. You don't have a job. No, a job here in this country. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't. But <laughs> yeah, if I need exactly. to work for a day, whatever, I could, you know, I'll, I'll like, I'll make a shitty cocktail. I'll get fired. There you go. I worked there for a day. Let me in. Well, again, that that doesn't count. <laughs> you're, you're missing the point here. Anyways, I like we're, we're opening up the country is what matters. So specifically, if you have a passport before, it's been really hard. Like we talked about it last week, right? Charlotte Ballas, the the woman who was pregnant in in Afghanistan and couldn't get back into the country and has a passport. Right? She's a citizen. That's resolved. They gave her a spot, and of course, she's excited about it. And and she's like, "But I'm still gonna fight this fight when I get home." It's like, "No, you're not. <laughs> you just wanted to get in." And you know, the poor yeah. woman from India that also has a New Zealand passport and wants to come in and isn't a famous reporter. And and is brown is not going to be able to get in, but you're not really going to fight for her because you got what you needed, which is fine, is what it is. But like, but soon, that you won't have those cases anymore. Where if you're a passport holder, they'll let you in. I think that comes April or something, where it's like you don't have to quarantine if you're if you got a New Zealand or Australian passport, you can just come in. So yeah, it's just for anyone who doesn't. So you in America will probably have to wait a little longer. So, but you know, as people start coming in and more money's being thrown around, I see that date getting moved up. 
It won't be till October. The fact that they're even talking about opening up the border is a change of pace from, you know, two months ago. So. So, yeah. Wow. Great. So it's going to be a while. Slowly. And uh, there's a good chance uh, we all get COVID. That's fine. You'll be okay. You get a cold. I I will. It'll be the same. It's okay. Some point now, just gotta you say this now, on. but if but if I die, I blame you. I will haunt you in your in the rest of your life for saying I wasn't going to die because I've got vaccinated, and then I get COVID, and then I die. I'm coming after you first. I will haunt you okay. in your Brooklyn apartment. Deal. I'm gonna. You'll come never after be able your... to play a video game in peace again. It will be, gonna be I'm gonna television. <laughs> sounds awful. It sounds it does, terrible. Right? Does, does it sound awful getting haunted not by even, somebody? Not even, not even like unplugging, not even unplugging the console, but unplugging the TV so the game stays on. Yes, and I'm just like it's going while I'm there. I'm like no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, so like just... that is the most maniacal way you could <laughs> fuck with somebody. That's almost as bad as like when you know being on a. The only thing worse you could do is just kind of like mess with the inputs so it's not doing the things I want it to do. That would be worse. That might find be a way to like drain your switch battery like faster than it should drain like just inconveniences in life right yeah, like, yeah. you'll like be able to go ones. to work mm-hmm. you'll be able to do regular stuff but like you can never you can never you can never eat like the first fork full of spoon without it spilling on your shirt like the real just really inconveniences of life of like every time you get down to the subway train station it's like like the train is the doors are closing just and it leaves leaving. and you have to oh, wait like God. five minutes for this... every single train. like think about all the inconveniences <laughs> that if you could haunt someone that you could have the power to do be like when jason gets to the train station the minute he hits that first step you hear stand clear of the closing doors and then the train starts every single oh, train he's on so yeah i've no. got lots of plans if you if i ever need to haunt you i've got like a book of them especially especially living in new york you'll have to leave new york <laughs> so, there's always there's always a smelly guy in every car i'm in absolutely oh, absolutely there, there's always there's always showtime every time you get on the train Every single time oh. like you get on, you sit next, you have to stand next to the smelly guy, and then showtime starts every single time. <laughs> I hate it. I hate, <laughs> I hate the scenario. The scenario yeah. makes me, it's disturbing. It's upsetting. I, this, is, this is a nightmare. This yeah. is the worst. I but you're not going to die, like... right? Like, you'll still be able to eat. You'll still be able to drink. You'll still <sighs> be able to have friends. It's just going to be really inconvenient. Like, everything is an inconvenience to you. My life would be that of a sad sap. Like, that's definitively <laughs> what a sad sap is, right? It's like everything that can goes wrong, go wrong, goes wrong yeah. for this person. It's like, oh, this poor guy. And it's like, oh, like you're just, just all I'm picturing. Probably the worst part about that is every time I'm going to take a first bite of something, it falls on me. And that would be yeah. like <laughs> any like any first date. She's like, oh, this guy's a moron. Oh, he's a slob. <laughs> oh, look at this. this can't, and, and you know it's coming too. Yeah, I'm like, it's like you know, oh, it's not coming. again, not <laughs> just again. Like, you're like, oh man, is there a way that I can do this without this actually, without this happening? But like anything you eat, the very first bite of it, like the very first bite of a of a burger, like the like like it goes down your shirt, like everything, Ugh. like just you can't even yeah. have the very first time you taste something, it spills on your shirt. <laughs> no sauces, then sauces would have to go away. Yeah, or but, I'd have to always wear a raincoat. And then yeah, people you like, always have to wear the bib, raincoat. Right? You always have to wear yeah. a bib. And they'd be like, why are you, why is this grown man wearing a bib? And then you're like, well, let me tell you a funny story, right? I had this curse. guy, I had this guy that I was a friend with in, in New York and he moved to New Zealand. And I told him he wouldn't die of COVID and he did. And he told me he was going to haunt me. And so now this is his doing. So he's here yeah. now with us, by the way. And see what and see what her response is. She she might go, you too? <laughs> and then a budding relationship starts. You never know. Yeah. Hap- happened to her as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what this is like. 
So then, wait, all right, this is mean. Okay, so because it, this is like a one-way street. So let's say, how would you, what would I need to do to earn your forgiveness in this scenario so that I, so this does it? Like, there's got to be a way that you'll stop doing this. Like, if we're going to make this <laughs> verbal contract here, then I'll, I'll agree to it as long as there's a way that I could break this curse. Yeah, I don't. I have to think about that. You might have to give me till next next week's episode to think of how you could break the curse. I think you'd have to figure it. I don't think I'd tell you. I think you'd have to figure it out. It would have to be through some type no, of good. That's deed. not cool. Yes, it's got to yeah, be it some is. sort of no. no. It's you're because you're telling me know everything. What's so I'll know you're, you're dead, and I'm like, oh shit. And then I'd be like, but it's got to be some sort of like really obscure, laborious thing that's really inconvenient, and I have to go through the trials and tribulations of this curse while I'm trying to break it. You know, that's how that's how storytelling works. Well, what you'd have to do, I think you'd have to go to Wuhan. Right. Oh no. Okay. And you'd have to like you'd have to like really uncover the origins of the virus. But through that, like it wouldn't be easy, right? Like you'd have to be able to speak Chinese. Like you'd have mm. to you know go to school and become a, a you know a, a, what is it a pandemic biologist or whatever whatever the name of that career now is that has a bunch of kids being like I want to do this for a living. Um, where you just study infectious diseases. Like you'd have to do some work where you'd have to like change the course of your life for the better to make sure that your flippant assumption that no one's going to die of COVID if you're vaccinated and it hits me personally, <laughs> right? Cause I only care about me right now in this scenario, sure. this haunting scenario that, that yeah, you'd have to go put some work where I go, okay, Jason has learned his lesson. He now understands infectious diseases. He's made friends in Wuhan. He now can share with the world what he's found and tell them he's living, he's living under a communist regime. Yes. And he's now part of the conspiracy theory. Why would I do this in Wuhan? This is ridiculous. All right, we'll follow up next week, and you can think okay. of a better way. And yeah, let me think. And you have any? And if you have oh. any ways that you think, if you're listening to this, and you have any suggestions on ways that I could break this curse that are really inconvenient for me, and I mean that one sounds pretty inconvenient, right? It, it, oh, it's super inconvenient, but it's also you know I think there's there's other ideas, right? Like that's an idea. We'll workshop it. We'll get other ideas. I was going to say, then, you don't get to make up the ideas. This is me haunting. No, you. I'm not going to make up the ideas. You think I'm going to put any time to this? I'm going to forget about this the moment we, I'm going to forget about this in five minutes. You just better hope I don't works. die. That's the thing. Just hope I don't die. Cause I, I, I will make your life very inconvenient. Look, man, I don't I know. I hope, virus. I hope nobody dies, but yeah, you're right. I, for me, it's, it's, a, I say all lives matter. Okay. <laughs> it's not just oh, God. God's life matters. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> there are layers to that. <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, I'll say it. All right, yeah. I hope you don't die. I I hope you don't die. I but I'm confident you won't die now okay, that you good. are vaccinated. And honestly, if you do, I think really it's not on me. It's on uh, your poor <laughs> dieting choice choices. <laughs> it's your it's your lifestyle. You, you should have my it's my pack a day habit of smoking. Right? That's <laughs> all those it's, things. Yeah, it's whatever you're doing wrong. It's too much, too much vegan nonsense. You should have. Uh, do you know how much of smoking a pack a day here would actually cost you? Oh my god, I it's can't like imagine. It's like forty bucks in New Zealand. Like whatever the price of cigarettes here is, forty like bucks you, New Zealand, right? Yeah, if you smoke a pack a day here, you are balling. <laughs> oh my god. So it, it okay? So that's like a thirty. So we'll say it's thirty dollars US a day. So yeah. thirty times three sixty five. Yeah, that's like eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> a lot of money. It's a, a lot year of money to smoke. A they year really to and, smoke. and they're gross. Every time you buy one, you got to see that ridiculous image. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. honestly, like someone's which, teeth which, are falling out. Like it's all. Yeah, it upsets me. Like, and I'm not a smoker. Like, yeah, I get exactly. it. <laughs> Come on, is there a way we can? This is why we need uh, to put chips in people, because then I won't have to see that. You could basically tune the chip 
so that people can all so that only the smokers will see those images and I'll see like puppies. Yeah. Right. That's how yeah. the chip works. Yeah. I mean, did, well, well imagine should. if they did that for like food, right? Like I, I mm. because New York had talked about this at one point where they like wanted to ban. Was this Bloomberg's thing? Like I want to I want to ban sh- sugary sodas. He wanted like, to put a tax on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like you can't buy a limit, soda like, more sizes. Than, yeah. Like you can't Bloomberg. buy a soda more than like 16 ounces. Soda ban. Here we when, go. Like really, you could just put fat people on the on the cover of food, right? Like on the box of the Oreos. sugary drink portion yeah. cap rule, also known as the soda ban, was proposed was a proposed limit on soft drink size in New York City, intended to prohibit the sale of many sweetened drinks more than sixteen fluid ounces. That's two cups. Um in volume to have taken effect in March 12th, 2013. On June 26, 2014, the New York Court of Appeals, the state's highest court, ruled that the New York City Board of Health in adopting the red regulation exceeded, exceeded the scale of its regulatory authority. The repealed regulation was codified in section 81.53, whatever. The point is, it was it was there for a year and then disappeared. But I, the intent was there, but really, who's... You don't need more than... A pint of soda in well, any given portion. Well, I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? Where it's like there's a few well, things. To, well, there's a few things to COVID, right? Like like being overweight, being a smoker, like a few things. Being right? old. So it's a respiratory illness. Being old. And, don't get old. And being old, right? So like, if you're fat, old, and a smoker, you're done. Like yeah, you're the, the, the triple threat, you're you're over. Like it's game over for there's you. There's other comorbidities, I suppose. Sure, sure. And again, if you have if you have chronic illness and some other things, right, that could also cause this. But I'm saying those are the three that I think probably yeah, affect ones. that they affect what, let's say like twenty percent of America? Probably a little less. Maybe ten percent of America is fat old and they smoke oh like the venn diagram of all those things yes yeah yeah oh, like the people yeah, yeah, who have yeah, died of COVID. i was gonna say our obesity yeah. rate is pretty high no that's my point it's over it's high but then you don't have a lot of you know there's not many fat old people there's one thing that it's always, that i've always found funny that like you don't see fat old people like yeah, I wonder why people yeah because exactly because hey. you, once you get a certain age you get you kick out right you gotta you gotta lose that weight before about 50 your heart's your heart's working double time for that like that's yeah. the problem yeah it's bad news right so let your heart work when it's younger then give it let it go into retirement with you <laughs> right like let the let the heart chill out lose a little weight um and don't and stop smoking right you got to stop smoking after about 35 40 like you can't be sitting there smoking smoking cigarettes out by a dumpster when you're like in your i mean stop anymore. when you can right just stop yeah, I mean, look, but for some people it's hard, especially people start. Who start young, right? People yeah. who start smoking cigarettes at fourteen, like I get well, it. Should have listened to like, Dare. Dare wasn't fucking around. Well, Dare I wasn't listened. about cigarettes. It was you know keep kids off of drugs, not keep kids off of smoking a pack. <laughs> Thought it was all of it. Oh yeah, of course, a big difference. I mean, no, Dare also covered cigarettes, right? Did it? I don't Dare remember. program. Does Dare still exist? I don't think Are so because I think lion. there's some. I think there's some problematic things with Dare. Like it's like you know the war, the, you know the war on drugs, that type of thing. Yeah, I think it's still uh it's still there. It's still sure, around. It's just like just like Mothers Against Drunk Driving is still a thing. But then I'm sure that there, you know, with every organization there's some shady stuff going on. So Yes, they um let's see. Oh, here we go. Nineteen ninety eight, National Institute of Justice. Nineteen ninety eight a grant from National Institute of Justice of the University of Maryland resulted in a report to the NIJ which among other statements concluded that dare does not work to reduce substance abuse, substance use dare expanded and modified these social competence development areas of its curriculum in, in response to that report research by Dr. Dennis Rosenbaum in 1998 found that dare graduates were more likely than others to drink alcohol, smoke tobacco and use illegal drugs. Well then 
I guess it makes sense, right? I mean, it's it if you don't know what these things are, and then it's like, hey, kids, do you know what drugs are? No. Well, they're bad. Don't do them. And let me show you exactly which ones I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here are the ones, and here's what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the countries of origin. And the next thing And here's you know, what you, they do. Yeah. It might sound yeah. like it's all fun and games, but. Yeah. Like, you oh, want to know how dangerous game. this is? You can make $20,000 from a kilogram of cocaine. You're like, 20 grand? <laughs> Wow, that's not bad. <laughs> the next thing you know, that's a lot of Pokemon cards. I'm in. Yeah, Let's exactly. do it. <laughs> yeah, I know someone who's got cocaine, and what I, you know, you know what crack cocaine is when they take it and then they cut it so you can have even more of it. And you're like, wow, look at look, look at look at this business empire I'm being explained to in school. I'm not being explained how to balance a checkbook or to how invest in stocks or understand a mortgage. I'm being told, you know, the the economy of drugs, <laughs> and so that's why Dare wasn't as effective for some people. Where other kids, it was right. You got a cool little shirt, you got the rock around saying drugs are bad, and uh, you probably weren't really susceptible to, to being that person anyways until you maybe get to a point where you're doing drugs and then you forget all about dare. So I didn't do it. I listened. I, when I when I see a tiger talking to me, I listen. So that's why I didn't. Yeah, that that's like, or a lion. They had some sort of- I thought of, it was a lion. I, I the tiger was Tony. It's a lion. It's Tony the tiger. Right. Lion, okay. Right? Well, basically, yeah. if an anthropomorphic cat speaks to me, I'm going to listen to what it has to say. That's why I ate Frosted Flakes and I didn't do drugs. Okay? That well, is my childhood. Well, <laughs> well Smokey the Bear- And I got right? fat. I, 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 think, I think Smokey did more for, uh, more, for, more for smoking than Dare did, right? Because Smokey was like- All right. So hey, let me revise that again. Any anthropomorphic yeah. animal, animal character that's going to tell me some sort of like- uh, life advice. I'm going to listen. I haven't said any forest fires either. <laughs> Go ahead. Name another one. I, I probably followed that guy's advice too. <laughs> so any amp, amp, oh, can't even say it. Anthropomorphic. 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 Yeah. Any, any animal that talks and walks like a human you're in, you're going to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, I'll listen to the life advice. Yeah. Now I'm not like, crazy or nothing like i'm not gonna <laughs> you know that's that, that's something crazy people always tell you right like that's always yeah, yeah. First like, I, someone I'm not, crazy you know, tells he, you i'm not crazy it's got to be like a legitimate you know it's not just any anthropomorphic character it's got to be a legitimate one it's got to be one with credibility i need like the fauci's of the anthropomorphic animal world yeah i'm not listening to any like you know any lunatic i'm not listening to like any poked out <laughs> what is it like uh like a, like a coked out giraffe that's going on Rogan, like I'm not who's telling me to take like some some mystery drug like that. That's ridiculous. I would never. <laughs> oh God! Oh Rogan, Rogan. Is, is is this what your story? We've got one story. No, week. no, it's not about one Rogan. Story this week. Okay. And I, it's not about I can't Rogan? believe okay. you haven't heard. No, it's not about Rogan. Oh, but the Rogan stuff is interesting though. Are you not interested by all of the stuff with Rogan? It doesn't interest as as a, as a listener of the podcast. Let's, let's talk about this before Former. we go into your. We big can, story. yeah, we can do it because yes, okay. they're related. Sure, they're related. Okay, well let's let's just do that. Then. We're gonna, we're going to jump into show. So, Rogan, right? Mm-hmm. This is all I know of Rogan. Right? Is Rogan at some point? Right? You are you were the person that told me to listen to Joe Rogan. It's like one of the first things you told me when I met you. You yeah, were like, like oh, he's got all this all this great stuff. He's great comedians. He's great people, et cetera, et cetera. And I've listened to, I'd probably say I've maybe listened to. 30 rogan episodes in my lifetime right because normally it's like he has he has a guest on there and i would say this is what your feelings were on rogan as well it's all about the guest 
Like, if you yep. had an interesting guest on there, you listen and you get some insights from, I'm going to throw out Hannibal Burris, right? Like, you get a guy on there and you can't say Hannibal's name, but it's interesting because while you might know who Hannibal Burris is, getting someone who actually who's, can sit down, Joe Rogan did a great job of sitting down and just having a conversation. It didn't feel like an interview. It felt like three hours or two hours of just a conversation of a bunch of people kind of talking about anything. It's a bit like this podcast, only with a guest every single week. Mm-hmm. And they would get into interesting topics. They'd go through some really obscure conspiracy theories and some strange things and talk about, you know, exercise and, you know, psychedelics and all this stuff. And you're like, okay, that was an interesting conversation that I wouldn't get listening to this guest in another format, right? Like, you know, they, he's had all sorts of people on this podcast. And what was it? Maybe two years ago? Or maybe it was a year ago? He, oh, the Spotify thing? Yes, the Spotify thing. Yeah, this thing. is about a year yeah. or two ago. Yeah. Okay, so about a year or two ago, right? Like, he was doing his podcast, and the thing about Joe Rogan that was interesting, he was always, he was self-funded in a way. Like, he just kind of had, he had real crazy ads, but he was like, look, this, you know, this is a bit of the freedom of me being able to just talk to people. I want to talk to my friends. And there wasn't really some giant corporate backing. There wasn't, you know, some big entity that was controlling his message. He was kind of allowed to say whatever he wanted to because he would just get, he would get random ads, right? for his own company, whatever on it. And, you know, come take these brain drugs and be smart. <laughs> so, yep. but again, that was, it was, int- it was fine. You're like, great. This guy's kind of free. So yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, about a and year it was always ago, harmless. Yeah. Yes. It was always harmless. So about a year ago, right. He gets this exclusive Spotify deal because Spotify is pushing two years, two years ago. It was made two years ago. Okay. Yeah. That's, I thought it might have been hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars. Now the interesting thing is I've been a Spotify subscriber since maybe about 2012. Right. Like I was one of the first people to use Spotify when it used to be European only. I would use it on my PC at my first job in New York and I could use a VPN and listen to, you know, they had like this crazy catalog because my story of music is mostly through the pirating of it. Be very honest. Right. Like I learned a lot about the Internet by being able to download CDs. <laughs> it was great. Because you can listen. I used to have a, my 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 music library was gigabytes and gigabytes of data. Yeah, right? I had a hard Reznor's drive in my Trent Reznor's going to knock on your door soon. I had, a, I, I had a hard drive in my car that was hooked up to a computer because of how much music I had. Yep. Any, <laughs> right? any so like, that's He's my foray into music. And I will say the one thing I don't pirate anymore is music because I don't have to because of Spotify. Because Spotify came out, it was like eight bucks a month at the time. You get literally anything you anything you wanted. Any music, and again, there's at the time Metallica wasn't on there. There's a couple of groups on there. You're like, okay, fine, whatever. I can't listen to Metallica. Who cares, right? But I can listen to every single one of these albums that I have stored on a hard drive somewhere in some random storage unit. So it just kind of removed the need for you to like carry around an iPod or carry around some storage device to listen to music. So Spotify is trying to get into podcasts the same way because podcasts boomed, become this giant industry that every one of their mothers doing a podcast, this podcast included, although I would say if we were smart, we would have we would have actually tried to make this into something real because we were early. <laughs> we were very yes. early before the big podcast boom when we started doing this. Sure. So Joe Rogan gets an exclusive deal with Spotify cuz he is he, I would argue he's maybe top five podcasts of all time listened to, right? Has to be. If not number one. He might be number one. He's number one. Okay. He's not even close. Yeah. It's not again, right? Because I mean NPR has their podcast and like there's all of these other, you know, mystery stories and things that have a lot of numbers. But Joe Rogan, he's one of the earliest pioneers to this. He's like one of the first people to really latch onto this format. So he gets this deal from Spotify. And then the pandemic starts to like the pandemic is going on and on and on. And Joe Rogan starts to express his views 
on this, right? And Joe Rogan's views have always been a little out there. And because we've turned the pandemic into such a political thing, he starts kind of giving you, you know, viewpoints that seem like they're more right-leaning, even though I would probably say, I don't think Joe Rogan knows what he says 90% of the time. I don't think he really takes big stock into some of this stuff. I think he just kind of talks, right? And I, I think he kind of, he kind of has gone down this pandemic rabbit hole where he's counterculture. His whole shtick is, you know, everything is different. You shouldn't listen to, you shouldn't listen to media. You shouldn't listen to this. You should, you know, different things, right? Psychedelics, cannabis, you know, cryptocurrencies, all these things that are different, that are counterculture are the things that Joe Rogan wants to talk about. He wants to have discussions around things that are outside of what you'd see on CNN or even Fox News, right? Just outside of what you would consider mainstream. And he obviously latches on to this COVID thing and starts to have all sorts of guests. I think the last podcast I think I probably listened to was when he had Bill Burr on and he was talking about the vaccine stuff and Burr lit him up. Yeah. And Bill Burr was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> but like, that's what I enjoyed that you were just, it's just a conversation between two dudes. And I think I listened to half of that. And then I was like, all right, like I tend to, I tend to lean with Bill Burr who's a crazy person. But he also seems to be a bit more rooted in reality than Joe Rogan is. Joe Rogan just got to see Bill like, Burr is just yeah. like, look, I'll do I'll do what the scientists tell me. It's like I'll do what yes. the people who yeah. like the experts are going to I'm going to do what they do. Rogan's yeah, thing like, is. And, yeah. Rogan always kind of went down the conspiracy theory. Yes. Rabbit always. Hole, and that is what, you know, and he and, and he but most of the time it was harmless. Right. You don't think we went to the moon. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. Then you brought out Neil deGrasse Tyson and. He kind of convinced you otherwise. Cool. Yes. But the problem is when you're dealing with a matter of kind of life or death here yeah. and you're bringing on people who are actually going counter to the opinion that, you know, could potentially keep people alive. You have it, it presents a much larger problem. Like you bring and on all of these his, guys and it and it's also yeah. the weightedness of it because he also went to, you know, he brings out a guy like Sanjay Gupta who's gonna explain, yeah. hey, here's here's why the vaccines work, here's why they're safe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then, you know, the next three guests are guys who are gonna be like, who are gonna just pile on Rogan for his, you know, these these obscure reports that say otherwise and point out this false information. Now, look, at the end of the day, we talked about those comorbidities and issues that are largely lead to death, but putting out this fake information that could potentially save somebody's life. He's got so many people listening to him. Well, that's that the, there that's is the thing, inevitably right? those people who are getting wrong information that would otherwise save their life. So, and so, so to fast forward this real quick, so we can get back to that point, right? So Rogan starts, he had one doctor. So first of all, Rogan caught COVID. Right, and then he did all these treatments and things of saying, "Well, so I didn't have to take the vaccine." Yeah, he, he, he all right. He did all these treatments, and the funny thing is, this sort of connects. This the reason why I started getting wind of this is because as a sports fan, right, I keep up with NFL news, and Aaron Rodgers, who's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, they asked him at some point if he was vaccinated, and he kind of gave an answer that made it seem like it was yes, and then some point in the season, he gets put on IR for COVID because you find out he's not vaccinated. And you talk to Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers goes, well, you know, I, I had a lot of discussions with Joe Rogan about the treatments he did. And it was like, whoa, you're listening to, this is like the quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is taking medical advice from Joe Rogan. <laughs> and I think that's when it's like, oh, like, no, I don't think people understand. And I don't think Joe Rogan understands how big he, I don't think he's really taken stock how big his audience has become. 
because how much they actually listen to him. Because he well, because keeps how much saying they that, to him. like yes. he keeps saying, yeah. "I'm an idiot. I don't know anything." But yes. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when they you do. have two they listen. But they listen, right? Because you've got two whatever his hundreds of millions of listeners are. It's a lot of people, and again, I, I think Joe Rogan started this podcast with his friends, and then it turned into this big corporate entity thing. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, well, wow, all these people are listening to me, and I'm sort of just giving counterculture viewpoints, but people are taking this really seriously, and they're using it to defend their points against other people who are trying to get them to take the vaccine. So regardless of all of that stuff, basically this came to a head where people were asking for their music to be taken off of Spotify, Neil Young and a bunch of other people. It was funny because I was like, no one's listening to that music anyways, but whatever, right? Spotify comes under light because Joe Rogan is now working for a company. He's not working for himself. He works for Spotify. And he had to come out and give this apology. And then The Rock came out and defended him. And so, like, this has turned into like this really weird tunnel of like, I I can't believe that we are taking Joe Rogan seriously enough to one, you know, realize that his audience has reached to a point where the information he's sharing with with you know he grabs a medical doctor that has an opposing viewpoint than Sanjay Gupta, and that's now being used as a talking point of why Dr. Fauci is wrong. And at the same time, Joe Rogan's in a position where he needs to apologize for the th- that that dude has said all sorts of stuff that I'm even like, whoa, this dude is out here shouting the N word like it's cool, but no one oh, cared because it was just he said something was, about that. I saw that article too. I was like, wait, well, he said that. Okay, fair enough. No, I've, I've heard I've heard it before, and I was like, whatever, right? Like whatever. You listen to a podcast, a bunch of dudes talking to each other. Like I, I'm not going to say I'm not a person to cancel culture. I just I'm, I was never a giant listener of Joe Rogan. I think he actually said it when there was a when there was some there was a black guest on there, and they were sort of having a discussion about the word, and it was it was an interesting discussion. But Joe Rogan kind of went to Quentin Tarantino route, where he was just like, well, I'm just going to say it because I'm here with my friends. Like, whoa, hold on, man, like chill out with that. Yeah. But, I just don't understand. That's yeah. the kind of thing, just a quick sidebar, like that's the kind of thing where it's like when the streamers, like it's some reason when you hit a certain threshold of being a streamer, you start saying like anti-Semitic shit. Yes, it's like, yeah. why Why is that even at like arm's reach of your vocabulary? Like that's, why, why is that even yeah. there that that becomes a place that you go? Like, well, it's it's the same thing. It's with just like, very you know, bizarre it, to me. That that's one of the strangest. Parts. Well, well anyway, what's happened with it's happened with? I don't know if you remember that story about that NASCAR driver when they were all when we were all locked down and they were doing NASCAR races online. Like I forget they had some like realistic simulator game. There's a bunch of them, but one of those where they had a bunch of NASCAR guys like do an actual race and they did it virtual. And the guy is sitting there and he crashes and he says, you know, he says an anti-Semitic slur. And then everyone, you know, every, everyone's like, whoa, like, what was that? And then the guy's like, oh, I didn't, you know, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. It's just like, whoa, really? Like you, like that, the fact that that's pretty, that that came out real easy. It wasn't like you had the effort to find that. Like that rolled off your tongue. Like that's something you've, you've said multiple times before and never even thought twice of it. And so it's some of these things where it's like people are just now kind of trying to, f- they're starting to find out like what Joe Rogan's podcast actually is. And I, I don't think it's changed much other than the fact that he's now really stuck to this COVID thing. And look, it's the biggest news story of our lifetime. It's the biggest event right. of our global lifetime. It just is. But so, it, yeah, someone's going to talk about it. But it's just interesting. But that he's now, rolling in these know, circles that yes, that skew him more in a different direction. Well, because they're finding and, him too, and that's right? Good, they're, they're seeking yeah, that's, him out. That's probably true as well. But the fact that yeah. he has... Okay, got it. You don't want to be the COVID podcast, but the fact that you have you know four guests in a row that are going to spout more nonsense, and then all of a sudden you're going to have 
one guy who may or may not seem legitimate. And then the thing is, the audience will say, oh, well, that's just mainstream. It's asking more questions. It, it's like, oh, the mainstream opinion's wrong. And these guys, the fringe guys are actually the right guys because they're challenging, like whatever. But it's there's some generally false information there that can be harmful. Um, there's also, I think the thing that really sparked it up as well was when he had, again, was when he had Jordan Peterson on. This guy's yeah. kind of a nut. Um, I didn't listen to the podcast. I'll be straight up. So I can't really speak to it too much. But the sound bites coming out of it, don't sound very good. Everything I've seen from it, it's like the guy says some kind of kooky things. But look, my opinion, you probably already know what my opinion is. Yeah, um, I do. Which is, go ahead. Why don't you say what my opinion is and I'll tell you how close you are. Well, well no, you should you should say it because I, I would say your opinion doesn't vary much for some of this stuff. Like, I, I do believe that you're you, – you, look, I, I'm going to say in general, right? I think you are a proponent of free speech as long as it's not overly harmful. That it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you don't agree with it, then don't listen. But, you know, the, the fact that people are, you know, Joe Rogan has had this podcast for years and years. His podcast really isn't necessarily this one lane. And I don't you're, – you're not about canceling Joe Rogan and move, removing him from Spotify and him losing all this money in this deal, et cetera, et cetera. That's not the route you're going to go down. And I don't think that's the route I would go down either. But I think some of this is, well, yeah, like I think Joe Rogan needs to take – I think he's aware of this now. Now the question is, what does Joe Rogan do next? Does he get enough support where he double downs and he bails from Spotify and goes, "Here's your"? If, is he going to do a Chappelle? Now again, they're not. You can't compare them at all because Dave Chappelle's reasons for leaving were not this level. It was much more personal. Versus Joe Rogan realizing, "Huh, a hundred million dollars all of a sudden comes with a lot less freedom than maybe when I was making a couple of million, right? When I was doing ads for On It and Nature Box." <laughs> well, okay, so here's. So you're right. I don't think that you should be canceled. I don't think you should be taken off Spotify. I think that, and and if you think you're going to use your leverage, if Neil Young thinks getting off Spotify is going <laughs> to have any sort of impact on it's, their decision, yeah. no, nobody's going to care. I just heard an anecdote saying Joe Rogan's podcast is like it brings in Spotify money as if Taylor Swift launched a new album every day. Like yeah. that's the kind of money that they're talking about. So Spotify can do, if they actually value any sort of, life as a business they need rogan if they want to sustain their business as they currently are they need him well, and that's well, and that's uh, irrelevant to the actual yeah. comps uh, uh, the, the question at hand which is like what he's doing what he represents as a as a voice i don't i don't think he changes anything he's not going to change anything he doesn't have to change anything there's still gonna be the alex jones in the world i think well, that hold, hold on because <laughs> the only reason why i'm gonna say that he might and it has nothing to do with him, right? Spotify as a company has always not necessarily, it's always been a little shady, right? Because like Spotify, what is it? Like 1% of the musicians on Spotify make like 90% of the money because the way that they actually pay out streams, I think it's for every thousand streams, you get like a fraction of a cent or it's, it's, it's not a lot. Like if you look up the metrics on Spotify, it's not a lot unless you're Taylor Swift, Kanye, unless you're an artist that already is making millions and millions of dollars through performances and through other means, right? Like the, the even the people that you would say are known, probably a lot of people that you listen to, right? Aren't making a ton of money off of Spotify. They don't make no, anything, they make really. Nothing. They yeah. make nothing. So... It starts with Neil Young, but if this keeps happening, there's not a reason that I wouldn't suspect that enough people, because of because of how we sort of cancel things now, and because a lot of this is just reactionary and it's grandstanding and it's trying to prove that you're on one side or the other, that if this does, if he continues to double and triple and quadruple down on this, 
if you have people like Taylor Swift, people like these giant artists who are bringing in the majority of the listens and the streams to Spotify decide to bail, Spotify is about music first and foremost, so we think. Now, if they change themselves to be a fully podcast platform, maybe that's different. But Spotify's got their it's it's audio, right? They have their their company is built off of sharing and delivering audio through streaming. And I would say it's an interesting position that Joe Rogan has put Spotify in. I think Joe Rogan is fine one way or the other. He could leave Spotify and oh, he'll yeah. take a large percentage of his listeners with him already because a lot he'll of them, them moved to Spotify for them. Not necessarily all of them. There's some people who maybe listen because it's on Spotify, but those people weren't people who listened to Joe Rogan, you know, whatever, 10 years ago. Right. Those people aren't going anywhere. The people who listen to Rogan every single time he releases something aren't going anywhere. He's got his I'm saying What I'm saying is the audience that made it valuable for spotify to give him a hundred million dollars they're yeah, exactly. going to yep. follow him wherever yep. he anywhere goes. doesn't matter so that's yeah. that's what i'm saying like i wasn't one of those guys i haven't listened since i went to spotify because i still yeah. use pocket casts and guess yeah. what i don't want to download spotify <laughs> i'm sorry yeah no, fair enough, but but that's that's kind of the point though right like i i don't think I'm, I'm with you where i say i don't i don't think this affects joe rogan at all I think Joe Rogan, maybe he's had to be in some uncomfortable corporate meetings that he didn't expect himself to be in, right? Because you're Joe Rogan, right? You're the guy that's been on that's done Fear Factor, right? He's always done, he's the UFC guy. He's always done stuff that's like, oh, what is this random thing that you're doing? It's a bit of his personality. But I'm assuming Joe Rogan has had to be on some Zoom calls with some executives where he's probably sitting there going like, I never thought I'd have to be sitting here listening to this guy. Like, wow, really? Like, Joe Rogan's never had to do calls like that in his life. I'm sure of it that like the you last think he week did? Joe Rogan. Yes, I think he did because the, Spotify is paying him a hundred million dollars. That's part of that a hundred million dollars is hey, when we want to have a call with you, Joe, you're going to jump on a Zoom call. And we're going to discuss some things with you. It, it, What's it, crazy he is he's been saying Spotify. crazy shit for two years. Like this is the fight. Like I don't know what the actual. It's the, the like, like what the, the reason the, was this time? What was the politicization? The, point this time? the politicization no, but this time. Like this, why last right? week? Why two weeks ago? Well, because well, because he had this specific doctor on, and I believe there was stuff. You know, if there's stuff in the media about this, about the danger that this specific doctor and the number of listeners have had there, right, with Spotify, and then Neil Young goes, "Hey, you know, I'm being told that you know Spotify is supporting this. I'm out." That's enough of a news story for people to then start doing their research, right? Like the stuff about Joe Rogan saying the N-word came out because of this, because that's what we do, right? When we try to cancel somebody, we start digging into history. We start going through files because this ha this happens with everybody, every single person that's been canceled. And this is part of the reason why I think you really don't like the whole canceling culture and why I don't like it either is because then you go looking for stuff. And if you go looking in anyone's past long enough, you'll find stuff that probably today is something that that we're going to go, ooh, you shouldn't have done that 10, 15 yeah, years something ago. That's unsavory. everybody. Yeah, exactly. Right? Everybody. And so you'll go back to Joe Rogan's history five, 10 years ago and find out that he was more, you know, he was more liberally using words and, and saying things that aren't, you know, that aren't okay to say today. Or, you know, they shouldn't have been okay to say back then, but nobody was listening, so nobody cared. But I think Joe Rogan has been made very uncomfortable. I don't think he changes anything, but I do think if I were him, I'd be really second guessing, is it worth me getting out of this deal? So that way I don't have to sit here in these corporate calls and I can go back to being, you know, counterculture Joe Rogan conspiracy with Alex Jones on my podcast or every single episode I do something. Is there going to be someone from some big news entity combing through the words and letters so that way they could report on this? I don't know. I don't know what Joe Rogan doesn't seem like a guy to me that values $100 million more than he values his own freedom. And that's why it's interesting. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I don't think anything changes personally. I, I really don't. 
Um, I, and I think I think Neil Young will be back because he doesn't really have much teeth, and he could use that. I don't know. Oh, a few hundred bucks a month. Well, <laughs> I don't know. And, it's, he and can't be making that much from Spotify. Let's be real. He's not. He's not pulling in a ton. I, I think the Spotify no. rate is like for every listen you make, like uh, like point zero zero. It's it's three cents. Cent, right? It's like right. some crazy thing. So like Spotify, it's like let's see. So Spotify, Spotify. monetization model. Um. So like it's yeah. Like you can put music on Spotify, but it's it's a. I mean, it's very similar to YouTube, right? It's very similar to a lot of these really big companies where you realize that like the top one. I mean, Twitch. Right? I can name a thousand of them. All these streaming platforms. The top one percent make the make you know 90 percent of the money just because it's like well they you know where people where streams are and where listeners and viewers are is where the money is and you start making more money as you go up that that number count because then you're bringing people to the platform and it's why they give exclusive deals like what's that dude the dude with the blue hair um ninja the streamer mm-hmm. right he's on twitch Microsoft or somebody, I think it was Microsoft at the time. Microsoft say, Look, bottom. Yeah. yeah we're going to buy mixer. you to do the same thing you're doing over there, but do it for us. And it's kind of how this streaming model is starting to where you get exclusive. I mean, you know, Cobra Kai was exclusively on YouTube because it's a specific place where you can stream this. And it's like all of those types of economic models that really value what they, what people consider high value creators. It's just as, it's just as, you know, imbalanced as the traditional means are as well because it's companies paying for access it's spotify saying joe rogan is going to bring us way more money than if we just let random people put their podcast on here and then he can also put his podcast on pocket cast or apple or wherever else so so spotify i was right spotify pays between 0.003 yeah. to 0.0084 cents per stream the average payout of 0.004 cents per stream yeah it's nothing Nothing. So that's so a, if you've if you've got a thousand people listening to your stream, you're not making any money. You're making one dollar. Yeah. Wait, a thousand people? If you get yeah, streamed a thousand, a thousand people, times, less than that, you make three dollars. Make three dollars at the minimum. Yeah, yeah there at you the go. Minimum. So I don't know how many people are listening to Neil Young. I can't even name one Neil Young strong song off the top of my head. Sorry, right, who, you need to get some bigger. You need some bigger guns if you actually want that leverage. Who's who's under the age of fifty? <laughs> yeah, man. As well. Neil Young. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 interesting just because I think Joe Joe Rogan. Look, I, I I would say I value. There's something, and look, maybe this is my own, um, you know, my own feelings of what I would personally like to be doing with my life. But I would say valuing money in the comedian specifically who value who value freedom over money. To me, is the most powerful thing you can do if you're working in entertainment. Being but he able knows to he has the leverage. He does have the leverage, but does does Joe Rogan Joe Doesn't Rogan matter. can't just ignore Spotify? They're paying him a hundred million dollars. They have access to him. They have access to discuss the things that are happening on his on on their platform because they gave him a hundred million dollars. That's not a that's not a small amount of money. Now, if Joe Rogan thinks he can break spot again, he's Joe Rogan signed the contract to do this. But I'm assuming right now Joe Rogan's sitting here going like, man, you know, when I was only making a million dollars, I was a lot. I was able. To, I didn't have to deal with this. I said a bunch of crazy stuff that I didn't have to deal with. And now that I'm on Spotify, I'm in the news every single night, and I got The Rock defending me. Like I, that, that 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 didn't happen before, but now here we are. And I, trust me, for someone like Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle or some of these people who have more freedom in the way they're able to control their platforms and their messages, 
don't want to be held by these corporations when I'm sure Joe Rogan's talking with Spotify. Spotify is not real. Spotify is not like working for, you know, CNN or working for some or Fox News or working for some giant corporation, but it is. Well, I want to move on to this other one because uh, yeah. to roll this in as well. This is definitively a reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish story if I've ever seen one. Whoopi Goldberg, reading from NPR, Whoopi Goldberg suspended for two weeks over Holocaust remarks. Oh, Whoopi. It is literally you know about this? So you haven't reddish, heard about this? It is literally reddish, <laughs> oh, yeah. bluish, blackish, Jewish. It is the definition mm-hmm. of this segment. Um, yeah. I think I heard about this in passing, but I did not pay attention to it at all. Okay. Well, we're going to go for a ride here because it's NPR, okay. so it's a little long and bloated. But we'll, uh, we, could, we could take stops along the way. I tell you, these liberals, they really like to write their shit. Anyway, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended for two weeks as co-host of The View because of what the head of NBC News called her wrong and hurtful comments about Jews and the Holocaust. Quote, while Whoopi, Gold- while Whoopi has apologized, her name is Whoopi. Well, her real name is Karen. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Whoopi's better, I guess. I don't know. In yeah. this day and age, it wouldn't have been. You know, four years ago, she probably would have been fine. But then once Karen became a pejorative um, for all white people. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's Karen, I believe, spelled with a C. Oh, then that's okay. Uh, Quote, well, I assume that's what, I mean, it's usually, it doesn't matter. Quote, well, hold on on for a second. I want to explain to you where she got her name from, because it's exactly what you think it is. She has stated that her stage forename, Whoopi, was taken from a Whoopi cushion. When you're performing on stage, you never really have the time to go to the bathroom and close the door. So if you get a little gassy, you got to let it go. People used to say to me, you're like a whoopee cushion. That's where the name came from. I love that. That's wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. I, that just that just made my, uh, that might have made my year now that I know that. I hope I don't forget it in five minutes. Quote, while Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues friends, family, and communities, end quote, ABC News President Kim Goldwyn said in a statement posted Tuesday on Twitter. The suspension came a day after Goldberg's comment during a discussion on The View that race was not a factor in the Holocaust. Goldberg apologized hours later and again on Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning, Tuesday's morning episode. It's a weird way to write that. But the original remark drew condemnation for several prominent Jewish leaders. Now, I'm just making sure... Um, okay. Yeah. So it gets into it and what it is, uh, in a minute here, quote, my words upset so many people, which was never my intention End quote, she said Tuesday morning, quote, I understand why now. And for that, I am deeply, deeply grateful because the information I got was really helpful and helped me understand some different things. End quote, Goldberg made her original comments during a discussion on the show Monday about a Tennessee school board's banning of Mouse, a Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel about the Nazi death camp during World War II. She said the Holocaust was, quote, not about race. It's about man's inhumanity to uh, to other man, end quote. Quote, I misspoke, Goldberg said at the opening of Tuesday's show. The flare up over Goldberg's remark this week was highlighted the enduring complexity of some race related issues, including the widespread but strongly contested notion that only people of color can be victims of racism. Um, Yeah, this is um, then it just kind of goes on and on and on. That's really the core of it is one. She said that crazy shit about the Holocaust Two, (laughs) She uh, she apologized. Three, she got uh, she got a 
two week suspension from the view, which is, uh, I mean, there's, there's worse punishments you can give than that probably. Cause if you, if you told me my punishment was to not go on the view for two weeks, I'd be like, <laughs> she's been on the view for a while though. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. been a very long time. Yeah. The view cast members. Let's see. Yeah, she, she's a, one of the, she's been on there kind of from the beginning, I think. Yeah, 2000 and 2007 was when she replaced Rosie O'Donnell. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, 15 so she's years. She's been on that show for a long time. She's been on that show as long as I've been out of school. It's a long time that Whoopi, again, like most people don't realize Whoopi Goldberg's a comedian. Like that's where she started because she's, she's, not, she's not done anything film-wise or, or comedy-wise really since The View, since she's been on this show. It's pretty wild. Because so I, heard about, I remember, yeah. and look, I'm I'm just I'm not reading her Wikipedia, but I remember this of when she was defending Michael Vick as well. I remember that very clearly. Where there's a lot of you know, hey, that's kind of the and look, and rightfully so, right? You should be fighting dogs, but that's one of the the first real like we're gonna wipe this person off the face of the planet because of what they've done. And Whoopi Goldberg was like, some of this is some of this is is cultural upbringing and same thing. I, I'm reading her Wikipedia now because she also defended Roman Polanski's rape conviction. Yeah. She said, she said some rape, crazy rape, shit, right? Like that's the thing, saying it? it's not rape, rape. <laughs> it's like, that's what does wild. that mean? <laughs> that's like, a wild, that that's a wild line to say like, <laughs> so like out loud. But, but like that's, that's again, Whoopi Goldberg. Like she's a comedian. She's kind of, she's kind of counter culture. And I believe Whoopi Goldberg actually has Jewish heritage. I mean, I don't think you get the last name Goldberg, even if you're black, if you don't have some type of Jewish heritage somewhere, right? Yeah. About her stage surname, she claimed this is reading from um, this is reading from the Wikipedia. My mother did not name me Whoopi, but Goldberg is my name. It's part of my family, part of my heritage, just like being black. I just know I just know I am Jewish. I practice nothing. I don't go to temple, but I do remember the holidays. I do remember the holidays. It's uh, Passover. Great. Look at all that mouth. (laughs) People who people would say, "Come on, are you Jewish?" and I would, and I always say, "Would you ask me that if I was white?" I bet not. I mean, every time I see Goldberg the wrestler come up, I'm like, I got to remind myself, right? Yeah, Jewish, but, Jewish. Guy. But look, let's let's be honest though. At the at the core of this, what you just read is something that I I fully believe is most people don't understand the Holocaust. They don't understand. Now, I like I went to a school that taught us all of this, right? That like I believe we had an entire I had an entire course for a semester on World War II. Mm-hmm. And I would say most Americans do not understand. They they know what it is, right? Like they know what Nazis are in theory, and they know what the Holocaust is. They don't know anything about the details of some of this stuff, of what actually happened during World War II. They don't understand it because we don't teach it in school. And I would specifically say a lot of African-Americans, because I would say a lot of the anti-Semitic things I've heard from people in, in media are normally from black people. Let's be honest. It's black people having all sorts of conspiracy theories about what what did and what didn't happen during the Holocaust, not understanding that during the Holocaust, they rounded up everybody the Jewish people were the majority of the people, but they killed black people. They killed Asian people. They killed everybody. And there's just a lot of black people who are not very educated in this specific part of history, mostly because it's not taught in schools. And if it is taught in schools, it's a bit of a footnote of Hitler's bad, America won World War II, Pearl Harbor, you know, um, uh, nuclear bombs, we move on. 
And that's kind of what I think most people think about the Holocaust, where it's very clear, given the amount of stuff that's come out over the last two years, specifically black people, black athletes, black comedians, black stars stepping into saying something about World War II and the Holocaust. It just blatantly isn't true. There's a also like anti-Semitism has been something that's probably prevalent throughout all of history. It's a lot like, like racism, where it's like, like oh, jump. this is this is a new thing. This ain't new. Anti-Semitism no. has existed from the beginning of time the same way that racism against black people and Asian people has existed since the beginning of time. Like, this stuff isn't new. It's just, you know, it picks up in the news. It goes away. People think, hey, we fixed it. And it's like, no, you haven't fixed it. It's the same thing with race. What do you mean? We're not racist anymore. Or, hey, we're not anti-Semites anymore. We let Jewish people do things. And it's like, yeah, but you're still, like, this is still prevalent in people's thoughts and the way that they the way that they think Jewish people control all the money. Or, you know, yeah. like all of these stereotypical things that just aren't true. Yeah, and at the top of a lot of these conspiracy theories often goes back to, um, often goes back to anti-Semitism. It's spooky. It's, like, really weird, especially, you know, being someone who is Jewish and knowing that this kind of exists and it kind of came to a head. Uh, I think it was last year when we spoke about it with the whole Palestine thing. Right. And everybody flared up and they were like pro Palestine and almost like anti Israel, which almost yeah. seemed it. And a lot of it felt almost anti-Semitic at times. And Israel does not equal Judaism, but in yeah, exactly. a way it, yeah. does. it does. And there's though, a lot yeah. of that. And there's a lot of that bleed over where it's like, no, you're defending a group of people that want Israel destroyed because it represents a, state for the jewish people like that's that's what they want so and people think it shouldn't exist because of that fact so it, it's interesting how there's a lot of those and then you see like the source of people who go after george soros right it's like that's that's definitively a jewish guy at the top and it's like kind of it's just one of those i think larry wilmore had a word for it when it was like it, it wasn't exactly this but it was something like a subconscious racism um it, it, there's there's almost like a prevalent subconscious anti-Semitism as well that exists in the world. And it goes unchecked, I think, more so than um, you know, racism against black people or Asian people, because it it bleeds into just white on white racism, right? Yes. Yeah. It's so it's harder to spot as it is being like, oh yeah, you know, they're discriminating against them. Well, it's and, not as obvious, right? As like, well, that person very clearly is Asian. Versus this person is black versus right. Yeah, it's not unless obvious. They're, yeah. Un- unless they're like a Hasidic person. Well, or well, look, well, look I always yeah. I always look at this and say like I, this is the thing that I've always noticed from a Hollywood standpoint as well. Like the number of people that have changed their name because of their, you know, because their last name is Jewish and they change it to something else. Right, right there, kind of shows you exactly where it's like, well, oh, I don't want to be seen as this. I'm gonna make my name more acceptable to what might be, you know, white Hollywood, even though they're Jewish. And I would look at them and being like, uh, Jonah Hill is is white, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe his I believe his last name is is Jewish, and he's changed his he's taken some part of his name off to seem less Jewish. And that's that's all over. That's <laughs> that's, that's everywhere. It's that all over Hollywood. That didn't do well. much. <laughs> no, it didn't. But <laughs> you but could still very much go, tell. Yes. Yeah. Look. Look. But but that's my point, though. The fact that you even feel the name to change your name. Yeah. 
yeah, that case kind of shows that this is still a thing, right? I, w- I want to read something real quick to, mm-hmm. to back up the point. So while Ger- Goldberg's ignorance on the Holocaust is painful, it is far from striking. Many Americans can't even remember the Holocaust because they don't even know what it is. For instance, a 2018 poll by the Pew Research Center found that just 62% of Americans know that the Holocaust refers to the extermination of Jews. Almost half, 49%, know that 6 million Jews were killed. Although these numbers are up from 1993, where, where they were 54% and 35%, other polls confirm that knowledge remains limited at best. Uh, the 2020 Pew edition of What Do Americans Know About the Holocaust finds that most U.S. adults know what the Holocaust was and approximately when it happened, but fewer than half can correctly, correctly answer multiple choice questions about the number of Jews who were murdered or the way Adolf Hitler came to power. There is little difference in terms of age, gender, partisanship, or region, but race differences were quite big, with black people having an average of 1.2 of the four questions, of answering 1.2 of the four questions correct, Hispanics 1.7, and white people 2.5. Obviously, this is strongly related to the level of education, another important variable to explain differences as to whether if you know someone is Jewish. So yeah, like this is this is stuff that's being tracked of just this is a lack of education problem in America where this isn't taught in school. And people like Louis Farrakhan and Nation of Islam leaders, you know, they're striving, they're they're pushing for some of these anti-Semitic things, specifically with black people. Yeah. Well, this originally started, I mean, the whole reason they talked about it on the view in the first place is because the book Mouse was quote unquote banned in Tennessee. Yeah. It wasn't banned. It was, but it's an easy way to say it. Just like the soda ban wasn't a soda ban. This was, they removed it from the curriculum. Um, and they've, and it was unanimous 10 out of 10. Now it's ridiculous because I mean, it's a Pulitzer prize winning book. That doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, without fault, without issue, but they, the reasons that they gave were that it, because of its nudity depiction of nudity, it's like, Bro, I I'm sorry that this uh, this book that's commentary on the extermination, uh, the attempted extermination of an entire group of people, made you uncomfortable because you saw some drawn pictures of a naked woman, of an emaciated yeah. naked woman in a bathtub. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're um, that made you uncomfortable, um, considering the source material, and that that was a reason. Like to me, that is, it's pretty nefarious as a reason to remove that from the curriculum, if it actually conveys the point that it's trying to convey and you're just looking for excuses to get it out there. And it's concerning because it does seem like an attack on, um, on educating people, uh, which is to your point about people who don't miss, who may not understand like what this actually was. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it's the classic comment, right? History's, um, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, I mean, they've even in this article that I'm reading from the Guardian says exactly that. That like, what is it? Some uh, just just saw it. Fifty eight percent of Americans think something like the Holocaust could never happen again, and it's like, yeah, but in a way, it it already it already is in places like China. China. Yeah, yeah, with the Uyghurs, it's happening now. Yeah, and nobody looks, and everybody kind of looks the other way because of money, Um, and it's and it's concerning. Like, there's still a lot of hatred in the world, and it's worth learning this stuff. And to have the context for it. Well, um, I mean, so it gives you context started. of it gives you context of you know while human nature is is of is has the ability to come together and do great things, we also have the ability to destroy at unprecedented unprecedented amounts, yeah. and that happens not only with you know with with human beings and human life, but you know nature and animals and all sorts of things. Right? It's just as much as we create 
great things we also destroy at the same rate right like yeah. we're we're a very consuming species um where we're able to do both and i think people a lot of times either just you know they only look at the positive and some of the negatives but there's looking at the negatives makes you realize all the great things that have also come out of that as well the organizations and some of the things that have been built to help to hopefully help that stop from ever happening again yeah and there have been recent examples of attacks. I mean, just recently, just a few weeks ago, there was a hostage situation in a um, in a synagogue in Texas. You yeah. know, there was a um, there was um, there was a gunman who went in and killed people in a synagogue. I think it was like two years ago or so. Killed like a handful of people as well. Like these things happen. How often do you go down the street and see swastikas uh, yeah. strewn uh, places? Like it's they're out there. There's people there. And, and, Hell, people walk. A guy walked through in January sixth on the in the uh, you know the attempted insurrection. Right, the guy walked in. He was wearing a Camp Auschwitz T-shirt. Yeah, these are the yeah. kind of people that could use a little bit of education and empathy for um for the for this kind well, of thing it's, well that it's and worth look, i would from from an african-american perspective the fact that uh, like whoopi goldberg doesn't know her own history and her own lineage that plays into a lot of i mean look most black people don't know because of you know being you know being descendants of slaves and you know the way that you get from one place to the other it's a lack of education and a lot of that is done deliberately it's done deliberately, so that way someone like Whoopi Goldberg, well, I know I'm Jewish, but I don't know anything about it, right? Like, she doesn't know her own history of how she came to be, and I would say that's stuff that that specifically plagues African Americans and people of African descent who were part of the slave trade and don't maybe necessarily understand, you know, that you're kind of told on purpose to not understand your heritage or understand how you came to be. It's real it's real sad because then stuff like this happens where people sort of are very easily able to latch on to things and they don't know how to disseminate information and that's often done by design. Well, um so that was that was the root of this. Then she said the comment the comment is kind of ignorant. I think I've made a the 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 comment was very ignorant. I've made the comment before. This is where I'll give some benefit of the doubt, especially someone who is a Jew. Um, I've said before that I don't is that being Jewish is not is not a race. It's a yeah. religion. Yep. There's you know your race is more dictated by you know where are you from, your geographic location, um, the color of your skin. Normally is what is what it's often attributed to. Like sure. there's no Judea being Jewish does yeah. not mean I'm from Israel. I'm not, you know, as a race, I am Caucasian. That's just how it well, is. It's, it's, and it's my the religion same thing. is yeah. Judaism. Barely. I was raised Jewish. I don't yeah. necessarily, well, you know, it, it's the it, same thing with people that practice Islam, right? Like, you know, you can be from, a, you know, your, your heritage or where you're from. It's, it's a religion. Like, it's not the same. Like you can be Pakistani, you can be Afghani, you can be, you know, from, you can be Iraqi, you can be from all these countries and all practice the same religion. But that doesn't mean that, you know, being Islamic is not a religion or it's, it's not a race. It's not a race. It's, you can be from all these places in the Middle East and even Asia, right? There's a lot of places in Asia that practice Islam as well. It's the most practiced religion in the world. Now there's, there's enough people who will disagree with that to the point yes. where I understand it's not yeah. a done issue. But when I think of someone who's discriminating against Judaism, against Jewish people, my first thought isn't they're racist. My first thought is that's anti-Semitism. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, and, and, yeah, that's exactly. something that's, else. It's, that's me as it's well. a more yeah. of a broader catch-all, or it's this specific anti-Semitic. It's yeah. not so much racist. So she may have, if you want to give the great benefit of the doubt, she may have misspoke about that. Sure. Um, and then she said it's 
and she might not have had the actual word for it. So she said, man's humanity to other, man's inhumanity to other men. She's not incorrect when she says that, but that's not exactly yeah. the whole story, you know? So it, it was definitely an ignorant statement. Um, but I'll put the, the end of my thoughts on this, uh, on the point here is that when it comes to her suspension, I think that was a bit reactionary. This is one of those things where it's like, I, I don't want Whoopi Goldberg to be suspended. I don't care enough. I think uh, you could learn from Bill Maher where what was it, like two or three years ago, he dropped the N-bomb during uh, during one of his uh, segments when he was talking to a white guy. And then what happened? And then everybody's like, oh, cancel Bill Maher, cancel Bill Maher. What did he do instead? He came back the next week and he started off with Ice Cube, who then grilled him on saying the name. And I think that Whoopi Goldberg should have done the same thing the next day. She should have had Ice Cube on and he should have grilled her about how the how the Holocaust went down. Yeah. Yeah, but the, we don't people don't want to have those discussions because a lot of it is before people speak, they think about all of the they, they think of all of the consequences that are deeper as deep as like, I'm, I'm gonna, am I going to lose my livelihood? Am I going to not be able to ever work again? And so I think like you know we've kind of gotten to a point where we we've talked about how much we want honest discourse and for people to discuss things and but but we don't want that i I would say we don't want that at all we want people to agree with our viewpoint and we don't actually want to to discuss things as if we might be wrong yeah like you don't want to put you don't want to be out of your comfort zone you don't want to or or learn from it it's like that person got it wrong they got to go away because yeah. we can't yep. have that disruption. Go away. By the I don't way, want to see them. Get rid of them. Yeah. By the way, Ice Cube, probably not the best guy. He's had some no. uh, problematic anti-Semitic yes, uh, uh, yes, history as well. So maybe, maybe yeah. you just get everybody together. And I don't know who's going to... Maybe John Stewart. I guess you could have John Stewart on and he talks to you about it. That's, pro- that's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's the main reason why the... that's the. If you really want to know why I... With the cancel culture stuff, I play devil's advocate on here and poke at you a bit. But for me, it's just the fact that it stops honest discourse. Like like not talking about racism and the n-word and all these things to black people you think white people are just going to stop doing it because white people are the ones who are going to fix this right like black people can't stop other people from being racist against them right like black people have tried for years of hey i you know you need to think of us better look at all the great things we're doing if you if you hate black people or if you're anti-semitic there's nothing i can do or you can do to change their mind they need to change their mind and it's not that I need to show them, oh, not all black people are bad, or hey, not all Jewish people are bad. That's not on us. That's on the other party that feels that way towards us, right? And I think doing this stuff, it it just it stops banning people, stopping people from discussing this stuff in an intelligent way. It it makes white people double down. It makes anti-Semites double down. They don't ever discuss this because then they get, well, if I discuss it, I'm going to lose my job. So, you know, I'll just say this in a place that I think is safe versus actually discussing it, which allows for people to have discourse, which might change their mind. And I think this just this is why we are where we are now, really. I think like you really think banning Trump from things and stopping him from saying stuff instead of actually trying to have positive discourse around it is going to stop the people who believe everything he said. No, it's now made them double down and they're going to come out in force in about nine months when they vote. So I'll ask you, what do you think? Do you think uh, do you think Whoopi Goldberg should have been uh, suspended for two weeks? Again, I, I don't know what suspending her does. I, I would have liked just... them to actually have a real conversation around this on the show. Like put the show in an uncomfortable decision position and bring some people on and have a and try to have a real discussion about this, a moderated discussion to discuss the thoughts and the views. And you might even get Whoopi Goldberg on there to apologize and say, Hey, look, I really learned something today. I appreciate it. And to sort of make that okay. 
for you to be wrong without the consequence of it. Because now nah, Whoopi Goldberg will never talk about this again. And so you now just lost a, a teaching moment to other people who might feel the way that Whoopi Goldberg feels. Instead, they now see this as a punishment. It's the same thing with like punishing your kids, right? Like just telling your kids no, instead of actually having a discussion or discourse about why we shouldn't do the things that we're trying to tell you you shouldn't do. You think like most kids don't learn from that. They just see it as a punishment and either they sneak out and do it or they never talk about it again. And it's like, do you really want your kids to be in a position where they don't talk to things about you because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble? Like, I, I don't think that's what you really want if you actually want to fix some of these things. If you just want an echo chamber where everyone agrees with your position, then fine. But I, I, I don't think that's not what I want. I'm okay talking about uncomfortable subjects as long as it's intelligently done and you're able to do this in a way where everyone learns something from it at the end. Can't believe, can't believe we still do this podcast with that information that you just dropped. Yeah, I mean, but the other yeah. the, the other thing to uh, on the other the, the other thing to consider is, and the other reason why this is not very constructive is that think about any cause; those people who generally reform and see the error of their way, ways, they become your best advocates. Absolutely, in converting Absolutely. other people to get Look, to the other side. One of, one of and you never most, you're never yeah. gonna help somebody by just saying you fucked up. Goodbye. Bye. That's it. I'm not yeah. gonna help you. I'm just done to talk to you. I'm done with you. Look, the perfect example of this to me is it will always be Tim Hardaway. He's a basketball player for the Miami Heat. He went on to a radio show back in 2004, and they were saying something about gay people, and he just went on this, right? I hate gay people. I can't stand gay people. I hate everything about them. I don't want them next to me. I don't want them close to me, this, that, and the other. He's now one of the biggest advocates for this because the learning process that he went through after that made him realize how wrong he was. Now, he lost a bunch of stuff, but it was a different day and age where there, he wasn't the only one who thought that way back in 2004, right? Like, go watch a movie from 2005, 2006. You hear the F word. You hear a bunch of stuff we don't say anymore. And it makes you go, ooh, wow, I can't believe this is in a movie like uh, whatever, Anchorman or like whatever. Pick a movie from that time and listen to the language in it. And I think through actual positive discourse, instead of just cancel this person, never see them again. I think a lot of things that we've done in the past where we actually have gradually talked about about why this isn't okay and why this needs to change and how we can do this better instead of just hitting people over the head with you're wrong, you're wrong, you know, I never want to see you again. We did this better a while ago. We, we're not making the strides that I think we made 20 years ago in a lot of very difficult discussions because we're not willing to discuss them. It's Twitter echo chamber of tweet things and then get that person canceled. Then we all celebrate that this person doesn't have a job anymore. It's weird. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, enough of that. I don't want to say, I don't want to undermine that discussion by saying enough of that shit like I normally do. So I'll just say enough of that. And we'll move on to some media therapy. And guess what? I got a Paul Giamatti for you. And it's gone. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Where I know who it is. I just, I'm blanking on the name here. So that's going to go really well for this one. Vamp. Vamp for a moment. Uh, so media-wise, trying to think. I've been watching. Um, Got it. Who's <laughs> older? <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant? Oliphant. I think we've done this one before. Who gives a shit? Or Paul Giamatti? <laughs> I, I think he's older. I think we've done this one before. 
Well, if we did it before or not, you're wrong. He's one year younger. Okay, All right, so go on. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He's he's one of those guys that can either be sixty or forty, depending <laughs> on what. Be, that guy could be thirty, depending. Yeah, on the, d- d- depending, depending on, on the hair color. That yeah, guy but that, is, that, that's my point. Great. Depending on the color of his hair, if if yeah. you, if you dye it more gray, he looks like he's like he could be sixty. If you if you dye it completely brown, he looks like he can be thirty. He's he's one of those chameleons that can fit in between. A, he's a bit like Keanu Reeves. He's a bit of he's a bit on that sliding scale. Yeah, reach. Yes, Keanu Reeves is a bit more. I don't know. He always comes across as more haggard. Oh, I mean, he's, he's uh, a bit Timothy more Olfan, surfer. He's just like, yeah, he's yeah. a bit more put together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I could, once he started growing out the hair, I don't know why it just made him look older. If he if he just came out and he had like the same cut he had from like in all of his movies twenty years ago. Then, yeah, you're right. He'd probably go back to being uh, looking ten years younger. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um. So look, I've I've watched, I've done some TV watching because it's easy, right? Like it's one of those things that because I've been very busy, it's one of those things that you can turn on for that you can turn on for like an hour or so at the end of a very long day, and just be just be done with it, right? And just forget. Sure. That. So there's two things that I've watched, television wise. One's called The After Party. Oh, I've heard about this. It's a cartoon, right? It's got... No, it's not a cartoon. (laughs) The After Party is... It's a murder mystery comedy show where it's got Tiffany Haddish in it. It's got Sam Richardson. It's got Dave Franco. It's got some comedians in there. And basically the premise is these people people come back for a high school reunion and Dave Dave Franco is is one of these... he's He's like a mega star at this point. He's like a pop star. And they come back and... And spoiler alert, somebody dies at this at this party. And now the entire thing is trying to Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish is the is the detective trying to figure out what happened on that night. So who killed him, right? So like who it's again, it's sort of like a like a it's like clue, but in a kind of a comedy TV show. Um, it's okay. I think it's cleverly done in times, telling a different story, you know, at this point four different ways. There's four episodes of it right now. Um, I think if you like any of these people, you'll like this show. You'll like watching it. It's got some of those moments where you're like, okay, this is kind of lame, but it's it's fine. I, I've enjoyed it. I'll watch it to the end. It's one of those things that I don't necessarily know if it needs another season. I, I hope they don't, you know, this is one of those shows where I hope they don't drag this thing out because I think this thing has maybe about four episodes left before everyone's like, all right, we're done with this. So, um, so yeah, it's it's good. It's one of those things I think it's pretty mindless watch um, and it's got some decent people in it. So there you go. All right. Um, the Seems other fun. thing I watched, the other thing that I watched that that I I enjoy to probably a level that I shouldn't is something called Murderville. <laughs> What's even the murders? Uh, so, Alice so, making these selections well, here. Well, What's going well, on well, here? It's, no, it's not even the fact that it's murders. It's the fact that it's it's comedy murders, <laughs> like detectives, okay. like with comedians. So this show, I think the show is just very cleverly done. So will our will Arnett. Okay, sure. Will will, will will Arnett plays this detective Terry Seattle. And the premise of this show that's on Netflix is that they bring in a celebrity every episode to help solve this murder with him. And it's very clear that this is not that they, they drop this person in and they don't tell them like exactly they tell them the premise of it, but they don't tell them like what they're going to do. So like the entire time, like the, the, the episode with Conan O'Brien, the entire time Conan is laughing because he's like, oh, what have you dropped me into? Because it's very clear they've told Conan you're gonna be this, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be his partner for this episode, and Will Arnett's just gonna make you do stupid stuff. 
And is it as themselves? So everyone, yes, the com- the comedians are so themselves. Conan O'Brien the is Conan O'Brien. Is himself. Yes, he's Conan okay. O'Brien. So, it, but that's the thing. Like they go through the episodes, and then Will Arnett is like, "Oh, so Conan, here's your, you know, what's what's your name? Your name is this." It comes like, "Why is my why is my name this?" He's like, "Well, you need to go undercover for this thing." So it's just very clearly, it's a bit of like a sketch comedy show, but there is a premise, and at the end of it, the celebrity has to decide who the murderer is. So that's how the episode ends, where they're like, there's these three people, which one of them is the murderer? And the celebrity has to guess who the murderer is, and they might be right or wrong. So like, that's the whole premise of the show. <laughs> I just think it's very well done, It's and Will Arnett is funny, so it's, it's, it's a directed TV show, but they kind of drop, they drop a rant, like Sharon Stone is in one of these episodes that I haven't watched yet. They just drop them into this episode, and they're just kind of told to act and do stuff and like it's just will arnett sort of telling them to do weird things and it's very entertaining to watch because especially when you know that this is all kind of not scripted and they're trying not to laugh like specifically some of the dead people (laughs) it's like they're trying not to laugh as as marshawn lynch you know does crazy things it's just it's i've enjoyed it i think it's really well done it's it's smartly done in a way but also very dumb (laughs) if that makes sense Okay. So yeah, cool. Give it a that one. That yeah, one sounds are, fun. I yeah. may, I may actually watch that one, and I mean that. I may it's actually. Good. The uh, uh, the Kumal Nanjani episode was the best one so far. He was hilarious. Well, he's awesome. I saw that no, he was one so, of the guests, and I love yeah. Kumal Nanjani. So if so. if you watch any of them, watch that one because it's very. He's the only person I've seen make Will Arnett laugh in the middle of this while they're trying to shoot this. It's it's he's good, and he he plays the way that he does it is very very good. So if you watch any of them, just watch that one. You can watch them all separately. They they the stories kind of do connect, but they totally don't. It's just random stuff, and it's just Will Arnett being Will Arnett. He can be a little exhausting, but I think when in this role, when it's very clearly him directing somebody else to be goofy, it's it's very well done. So, okay, cool. Sounds fun. Yeah, and last but not least, I've been playing Shimagami Tensei. Oh, we'll I get into that started. later. We'll okay, do that. We'll good. do it last. All right. So, I, so that's that's my media therapy. I'm done. I'm out. Okay. So I've actually have I, I've been meaning to mention it, but it's so goddamn forgettable that I just this is why I haven't brought it up the last few weeks. I've been watching uh, Boba Fett week to week. I I, um, I I hear that's not good. Here's the problem with this show. <laughs> um, I'd sent you a message saying that what did I say to you? I think I was just like. Dude, Boba Fett has not been in the Boba Fett show for the last two episodes. <laughs> like, who uh, is watching Star Wars right now? And why is there a Boba Fett where two out of the seven episodes don't have Boba Fett? Now, shortly after sending that message, um, he was then in a seed where he nodded and then he disappeared again for the rest of the episode. Like, it's crazy. Uh, that is this, this why show Timothy Oliphant came up? Timothy Oliphant shows up in this episode and he started off in this last episode. Now, look, I like things that are happening in this show, but as a Boba Fett show, it doesn't make sense why it's a Boba Fett show. If it was Star Wars TV show, right? If there was just like Star Wars, if Star Wars was like Days of Our Lives, which it basically, which it may as well be, right? Kind of is. But if, yeah. if it's basically a soap opera, right? I don't know who they brought back from the dead. Uh, Darth Maul, I guess they've done a whole bunch of other people. You know my rule about soap operas. If someone comes back from the dead, it's officially a soap opera. And it's happened, so it's a soap opera. Palpatine, they brought him back from the dead. They bring a lot of people back from the dead. <laughs> Point is, they <laughs> it's a soap opera in every, <sighs> it, you know. So they have... There's a lot of crazy shit going on, but like as the moment to moment goes, it's like this is 
fine and there's some cool stuff in there and this villain that they brought out who i have no context to but i guess he was in some animated stuff but like i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna straight up spoil some stuff that happens in this ep- I, in this I, show I, so if i don't, don't care because i probably won't watch i know it you don't because, care and if you do care yeah. you have disney plus you watched it whatever if you do care then skip ahead five minutes uh tell people to subscribe do some crazy shit to do it whatever i don't care um but i got some hilarious anecdotes about the steam deck coming up so you want to stick around for that now this the last episode and this episode so episodes five there's seven episodes episodes five and episode six are basically mandalorian episodes it just follows okay. him the whole time what the mandalorian just like, yeah the mandalorian so wait, he's in him. this show really he's in this show and well, why? <laughs> literally why? the fifth episode is the <sighs> mandalorian returns <laughs> And Come on, it's man. No, it's all, not. You're, you're joking. It's, I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole episode, <sighs> this isn't actually that spoiler because it's not, tell, I'm not telling you any plot points, but like literally the Mandalorian is the main character of episode five and episode six. Episode so seven wait, is, is Wednesday. A, is, is, is this a prequel? Is this the, or does the no. is Baby Yoda with him as well? Hang on. I okay. So the first five episodes are all about Boba Fett because if you remember at the end of the last season of the Mandalorian, two things. Yeah. Happen. He shows one, up and does a bunch of stuff. Some dude from the past one person who always has to put his dick in star Wars shows up <laughs> as a deus ex I mean, you might as well go, if, for, if you're spoiling the, stuff, just spoil it. I wasn't going to, I was going to try to dance around it for people. Okay, who that's fine. D- d- you can dance around much. it. Then. That's fine. Dance around it. Cause I know what you're talking right. about, but a prominent character shows up as a deus ex machina to resolve the baby Yoda thing <laughs> at the end of season two. Okay. That's it what totally happens. Is. It's like, we're just going to take, we're just going to end this, right? We're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, and then the other thing that happens in the post credits is that, um, Boba Fett and the, and the other woman, I forgot her name, but she's great. Um, they go at, to Jabba's palace and basically take over. And that's when they say, the book of Boba Fett is a thing that's going to be a show, right? Right. Yeah. So the show itself, the first four episodes, bounces between them basically establishing themselves on Tatooine in Jabba's palace, and that's fun. And then you have these flashbacks of, and then it bounces between that and the time between him getting out of the Sarlacc pit and then hanging out with the uh, with the Tuscan Raiders which is awesome. Like there's there's a lot of yeah. cool shit in there. Like when Boba Fett's actually in the show it's fun. And then even when the Mandalorian's in the show it's fun, but it's not a Boba Fett show at that point. No, it's there's also all these weird side characters. There's a lot of stuff that feels very TV. Like the world's slowest car chases in this thing, which is kind of funny. It's like, wow, why does this exist? Um and that that's that's a lot of what's going on. And then in episode five, all of a sudden, like episode four ends like, all right, it's about to go down. Hey, we need to build a crew because we're about to fight some people. And you're like, great. And then at some point, Danny Trejo showed up in the first four episodes and that was great. <laughs> and then there's like all this weird shit that's going on. You're like, you're giving out all these breadcrumbs. You're like, surely this is going to lead to a thing that's going to resolve itself in the next three episodes. Then it's like, bam, Mando's back. You're like, cool, Mando's back. And now you follow him around. Literally, like you just picked up at episode, the last episode of um, of the last episode of Mandalorian, and now you're continuing that show. And you're like, well, wait a minute. If I just wanted to watch the Mandalorian show, and I didn't care about Boba Fett, and then I jumped to Mandalorian season three, I'm gonna be really goddamn confused because there's two episodes in the middle of the Boba Fett show. 
It's ridiculous. So basically, if you like Mando, you have to watch the show. I'm sorry. Or at least watch episodes um, five and six, because not only do you follow Mando and all these other things, you even see some characters from that. Boba Fett's not even mentioned. Actually, he is mentioned at the very end of the fifth episode. You're like, great. Now this is going to go back to Boba Fett. And then episode six starts. And then it's like, oh, Mando's got to go and do something else first. And then (laughs) he's got to do some other shit. And you're like, wait, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? And then, yeah. And then like some other nonsense happens. And you're like, well, this is setting up three other things that did not need to be set up here. Just focus, focus on a thing. Like, this is why I don't understand how this all happened. Like, like Bobby Iger has got to jump in and be like, dude, what are you doing? Look at what Kevin Feige's doing. Do what he's doing with Marvel. At least when you get a show that's around a character, it's around that character or characters and everything about Marvel. Ultimately, I believe that anything in Marvel can stand alone. I think you could jump into anything. Maybe not. Um, um, what is it? Endgame. But but if you just watched Infinity War and Endgame, you'd get a good complete arc of a thing, right? Yeah. Like anything yeah. can kind of stand alone as a thing. This asks way too much of you. <laughs> if you were to just watch this show and then all of a sudden you were like, the Mandalor- who the hell is the Mandalorian? I just got four episodes of this other dude. And now I got this guy. What, who's, who's he, who's she, who's that guy? What are they talking about? What was that thing that happened? It's yeah, like, it's hard it's to keep so track schizophrenic. of Star Wars stuff. It's so yeah. schizophrenic and crazy. Like there'll be some things, some people that'll show up that are referenced. Like you got things from the Clone Wars TV show and they don't really expect you to know that they're kind sure. of establishing as new characters. And for the people that get it, cool. That is what Marvel does a lot. But at the same time, it's central around a core character. So if you are introduced to a new character, you're learning who that character is with via this other person and that's how it works yeah. like you're not you're not getting a show about um you know like in hawkeye right you, you did get that episode that went a little bit about um about black widow but it wasn't about her that was just context for the thing that they teased at the end of the last episode so it's like cool that's why i got context for who that was and that helped me for a person who may not have seen the movie, understand who that character is. So it worked and it tied in. Mm. And, but for the most part, it was 90% about, um, it was 90% about Jeremy Renner and, um, Haley Steinfeld's characters. And that was it. Right. Same thing with captain and winter soldier. It wasn't like, Hey, we got six episodes of, uh, I mean, Falcon. Yeah. Falcon and winter soldier, right? You got Falcon and winter soldier here. We got six episodes and then episodes four and five, they're going to be about Ant-Man. Like that's kind of, <laughs> that would basically be what they would have done. It's like bananas that this is even happening. Like I said, if it was just Star Wars, the TV show, great. Do whatever the hell you want. Then I know I got to watch everything in succession to know what's happening. And then, yeah, I might get a Mandalorian episode here. Then I might get a Ashoka episode over here. And I might get this thing over here. Great, cool. And then all these things are going to converge at various points in time, but I'm going to hop around like a soap opera, you know, here. You have a Boba Fett show and like, what is it? It's like 25% of your show is not even about your title character. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's and Boba Fett is weird. such a, and it's such a popular character as well. I know. Like it, when it's he's, not like you couldn't build lore around enough lore around Boba Fett for Boba Fett to be the star of your show. <laughs> it's not yeah. like it's like, Oh, we made a mistake because we gave Django Fett a show. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. it's like, 
yeah, it's like Boba Fett is is kind of well known, even though he's not necessarily in Star Wars enough to be well known. He's one of the most popular characters. I'd say he's at least top ten of yeah, popular Star he looks Wars cool. characters. Yeah, because he looks awesome. And when he's there and the things he's doing, it's fun. He's he's a pretty he's a fun character to be around. And some of the and there's some cool stuff. So do I recommend the show? Um if you like Star Wars, yeah, watch it. It's fun. I there's <sighs> there's not really yeah. I was never really it was kind of meandering at times, but it, it's like I was never really bored and there was always something in every episode where I was like, this is cool. Um, but if you here's what I'd say, if you don't care about Boba Fett, but you are a Mandalorian fan, you have to watch episodes five and six. <laughs> OK, and yeah. maybe seven, because I'm assuming he's going to be prominent in that one as well. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in five and six. Look, then. Uh- yeah. And if you if you don't care about Mandalorian, then I'd watch episodes one through four, skip five and six, and then watch episode seven. The the problem with Star Wars stuff is that for a galaxy that seems so big, it often seems so small as well. I know. That's what their problem That's is. That's the main they, issue. Like like even like Marvel stuff, like it's pretty like they are small. Like it's kind of a group, right? The Avengers is a specific group. And it's not like let's talk about the universe of superheroes. It's kind of talking about the Avengers and how all these people link into this group of people that solve the world's problems. Star Wars has always been about this giant galaxy full of all these problems that need to be solved. And there's there's two sides. There's two sort of a government rift, so to speak. But there's all these random planets we show up on and random creatures and random things that you could tell stories off of, yet they keep selling the same story about the same family in some way, shape, or form over and over again. They've been doing that for 30, 40 years at this point. And it's like, you guys can't branch out. And like the, I think the books did a good job of branching out. But there's always sort of this like this hint of, oh, you know, that family or this family. It's always the same group. And that's a like you gotta give Marvel credit. Like they tend to, like you said, they can stand on their own and then they kind of come together for a big, for a big, you know, shoot 'em up, big bash up. And then they go their separate ways and they do that for a couple of years. Like, yeah. sure, and people they cycle cross into each other. And they cycle yeah. things. You know, you're not, yeah. you're probably not going to see Chris Evans come back. You're probably yes, not going to see done. Robert Downey Jr. come he's back. Done. And that's yeah. good because you can move on and tell new stories within Just the same universe. Yeah. And, it, and it feels bigger. It feels grander. To your point, yes. you can't always resolve it with the same damn character. Yeah. That's why it's people like hate you're going to the... keep bringing you're going to keep bringing back Iron Man to solve all of your problems. That's like that's done. Like you're right. Like I think the last time we're going to see Iron Man of Robert Downey Jr. was in that last Spider-Man movie. The n- not the last one, but the last the Spider-Man movie after Endgame. Like that's kind of where like but again, they can move on. I think it's just because, you know, obviously comic books have a lot more stories to pull on where Star Wars has kind of always been about this family. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. So, and it, it actually wasn't be. because there was all these yeah. other books and shit written about yeah. it and I mean it's the most disappointing part of like of like like the whole idea of like Lando getting a show, right? Cuz you could totally do that and have nothing to do with them. You could just completely ignore like Lando when you get to Lando in the in episode 2 <laughs> or whatever no whatever it's called um what's the name of that um the oh I'm solo yeah, or yeah, Empire you get him in solo. Yeah, but that's that's my point though. In Empire Strikes Back, right? You got kind of old Lando. You got Lando who's an adult, and you got all these stories you could tell beforehand. And the story they tell is solo. Like it's just it's the same. Like why they couldn't just tell a Heat style story with Lando, yet it has to tie into all this other stuff. Like Star Wars is just missing that. It's, it's really lazy. just I I, and I, I just and it's, it's even more. Yeah, it feels even more lazy. When you don't have all this other material to work on, it's like you can do whatever you want. 
It's yeah. literally a galaxy. There's so much you can do. Yeah, but I, I I wonder what stops. Like it's weird. It's one. It, Star Wars has always been one of those things to me that I'm just like, wow. Like you guys could really build out a really awesome universe, and they just can't do it for whatever reason. Like, they, like they're just not able to write this stuff in a way. Maybe it's creative control. There's something weird going on there that like why they just can't get in you know inventive storytellers to work within the rules of this universe, right? Because there are rules in the Star Wars universe. Right, but that's There's why of, people yeah, you just have people to hate on rules. yeah people hate on um what is it the last Jedi um that's my favorite of the of the three new ones because it's the only one that actually tried something new and they literally at the end of it they set up the whole this whole thing that would have blew open all of Star Wars lore which is a few things one this character has no ties to anything she is a blank slate and you can do whatever you want she's just her own person and two is that anybody could use a force. It doesn't have to be yeah, this that's, that's thing. My point. You just have this random rules, kid. Right? And you could yeah. have, but they were like at the end, they said, no, 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 she's the descendant of this person. And that's why she's so good at using the force and all these other things. You're like, damn it. Yeah. Why can't like someone just, just be like a force? Why couldn't just, someone just be a just prodigy? Be yeah, exactly. You know? Like they just figure it out, right? Like they yeah. figure out it's awesome. Like, honestly, you want to know what my favorite Star Wars movie is the more that I think about it? I mean, other than Empire Strikes Back. Right, because that is that I think that's pretty just far and away. We've said this a million times on this podcast. That is the best movie. movie ever. It's just great. Yeah. After that, it's Rogue One. Oh yeah, Rogue One is excellent. You know, mm-hmm. like I've really come to be like that movie's just because it stands on its own. I understand that you know people come in at the end and do stuff, but it for the most part it's just telling a pretty singular story of, you know, we're gonna go steal the plans of the Death Star. That's it. And it's great, and it fits in, and it's its own story with pretty much new characters. And sure, people come in and float in and out, but whatever, right? Like that—that that to me felt the most Marvel-like of a movie, where this thing can really stand on its own, and it's not like you need to have all this other stuff in there. Like it plays on a general theme, but then it can kind of it can kind of do its own thing. And why you can't make a Boba Fett TV show with just Boba Fett being cool is really disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, and the way I I'm fast. You should watch it just so I could hear your Maybe reaction when yeah. you see this thing. Because episode, if that's how you feel, episode six is going to piss you off, and it pissed me <laughs> off. I'm not going to lie. I was just like, God damn it, God damn it, why, 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 why? And it like paints you into these corners because the moment you introduce characters that exist and they exist on a certain timeline and other lore, you're now constrained. They have to end up in the place where they're expected at the at the time that they're expected to be right yeah. but at the, there comes a point where it's like i don't care you could have done like uh, yeah I, I, there's these characters that they have a minor callback to the to the game the jedi fallen order which was awesome and that whole cast was amazing all unique you didn't hear about any of it and that was so cool about that game that's like probably one of my favorite star wars stories um you know it, because everything just stood out on its own and the characters were awesome but that's a guy who could have showed up and nobody needs to know why he got there, how he got there. It's just like, oh, hey, here's a Jedi. Different Jedi I never heard of. He's played by a real actor. I think uh, the, the guy's like on Shameless, I think, or was on Shameless. But um, yeah, bring him back. You yeah. know, you have, if you need to use somebody, take an obscure guy who is not, who doesn't have a defined future so that you can play with it and have some fun and do what you want and, you know, defy expectations. Because at this point, you know, we know what happens to to Luke, right? We know. We get it. Yeah. Like, just yeah, we get just it. let him be. Yeah. Just let him be, you know? Yeah. Or give him his own story, right? Like, give him his own thing instead of trying to shoehorn him into every other thing that's being done. That's my ear. That's what irritates me. 
like just you know there's plenty of room where you can build other stories and they just can't they can't get away from it it's like they can't get away from that family and it's like the whole show is just like you said it's a soap opera about this family like they might as well live in the same street on the same house so anyway all right so the other thing uh before we get into shimigami tensei is i'm gonna send you this it's a it's more visual but you could probably you guys probably find this if you're curious when I got the Steam Deck, so now Steam Decks, which is Steam's portable, quote unquote, portable console, is uh, is about to come out. It's uh, They're going to ship at the end of February, I think they said. Okay. And press are now starting to get it. And they're getting their hands on it. And they're starting to, and I think people are starting to realize the exact thing that I said when I spoke about it was like three or four months ago now. Yeah, it was a while ago. When I first got it. And... The only thing I'm allowed to talk about, I could talk about the hardware as much as I want. It's not final hardware. It's a dev kit, but it's probably pretty close. And it looks a lot like what's pictured in these. And it, and I could talk about my own games running on it. So obviously I work on the, uh, I mean, I work on the Atari games and I can say that, you know, all those games run great. It's awesome. Um, using the touchscreen is cool. Uh, I put up a video on Twitter of me playing Breakout on there, which comes out uh, next week, but once there's a Linux build, it's pretty wild for any game. It, it seems like like we had some issues with the game before um, before there was a Linux build, like some of the videos wouldn't run right. And then once we had a Linux build, everything ran perfectly. We didn't do anything to optimize for the switch for the Steam Deck. And then, bam, it just started working. It was awesome. Um, and I've tested another unannounced game that the same same kind of performance happened. It's just it's pretty damn cool. Like we don't have a, a Linux build running for it. One of the videos looks like an emergency like an emergency television thing where it's like, you know, like those big color bars. Um, yeah. But otherwise the game plays flawlessly and it's really, really cool. All those games are made in unity. So I would expect kind of similar results across the board though. I haven't, I, I really have not tested anything else. Um, so the, um, but I did say, if you remember, all I could keep saying over and over again was that this thing is big. Yeah. And I, and once I got my hands on it, I was like, yeah, I don't think I need this because of how damn big it is. And so this guy, Gary Golom, I think that's how you say it, or Carrie Golom, C-A-R-Y-G-O-L-O-M-B. Um, he posted a Twitter thread basically comparing the Steam Deck to all different things. So it starts with a Vita, then it goes on to, oddly enough, an Atari Lynx then compares it to an Xbox controller and a Steam controller side <laughs> by side, then a Game Boy uh then a then a Game Boy in its pa- like original packaging. Then I don't know what the hell is this thing? Uh, a Turbo Express. Um, then the Switch, and you got to check this thing out if you have any interest in the Steam Deck because I remember if you go back, I don't remember which episode it was, but um, if you go back and hear what I said. I just couldn't get over the fact of how big it was and how I just kept saying and, and I just kind of ran out of commentary to say about it. I'm like, the hardware is awesome. I think as a Gen 1, it's going to be great. Uh, I think it's good Gen 1, but I, it really just needs, it's just too damn big. And I just kept hanging up on it. And this thread is perfect. This is absolutely perfect in illustrating what I'm talking about. And it's only showing surface area. It's not showing how tall it is. I think it stands up like maybe not two inches, but maybe like an inch and a half. So in a carrying case, it takes up it takes up the equivalent of like three and a half switches if it's in a carrying case, the official carrying. If it's in the <laughs> yeah, carrying case that was given to that's me. Big. <laughs> it's enormous. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, you're probably scrolling through this now looking at it. I and am, yeah. 
yeah. So what do you, I want to get your thoughts on what do you think about this? I mean, did, I mean, you, you, have, did up, you have any, did you have any interest on the steam deck and does this do anything to um, change look, or I, reinforce your decision? It, it, I think you, you summed it up pretty well. Like, I, I don't, I think this just kind of confirms, like you said, this thing was big and like, <laughs> this is pretty clearly like big. Like it just is like, it's a giant thing. Um, it doesn't change my opinion just because I think depending on what your use case for this is, if you play a bunch of PC games on a laptop, let's say, this is a great alternative, personally. Um, but like it's one of those things where I, you know, look, I was a I was a big hater of the Switch. I've been transformed. Switch kind of does everything that it needs. I don't need to, I like the PSP one is the most glaring one to me because that thing's That's not necessarily crazy. small. But it's <laughs> it's huge, man. This thing is big. It's basically a laptop. Um, well, that's that's the thing because I have right now I have now I have a laptop that they, yeah. with a thirty seventy like I got a pretty powerful laptop that blows the Steam Deck out of the water. Granted, it's like five times the cost, but yeah, you said it's as portable. Depending on the laptop you have, I would argue that the laptop is more portable because sure. it's flat. It just yeah, lays it's flat. flat. It's and not it, so if you think thick. about a yeah. bag construction, it's not just taking out a third of your bag like you know just a really odd square like a. a I don't know what the word is I'm looking for here, but like cubes of space, we'll say yeah. um, cubic space, not necessarily just flat space. And yeah. that's a well, huge look, difference. Yeah, I look, I, I don't think anyone is going to buy this thing unless they really like, I don't think this is going to be like a switch thing where people just sort of be like, oh, like I, you know, I didn't know anything about the switch. Now I tried it. Now I have to have one. I, I don't see that happening with this. This is going after a very specific market of steam users who play games that are, that are a, that are able to play to be played handheld. I I, I don't see this. This isn't going to eat into any of any of Switch's market share. Like it's not going to that group. I don't think. I just don't. Yeah. Like I, it's. I you're. I think you sum this up pretty well. I don't feel that I'm going to learn anything new by anyone else's observations of this thing because you know what the games are, right? Like they're games on Steam. So it's not like oh wow the latest of this is going to come out on this specific thing. It's like it's Steam games. So unless you're someone who, if you're a Steam user and you need a, you have a need for a portable, and I put that in quotes, system, then this might interest you. But otherwise, it's going to be another one of these little niche, niche handhelds that you know kind of dies in a couple of years and no one thinks about it. So my thought is that they're going to sell it out like crazy. I think some people are going to see the size and be turned off by it, but it's not going to be a substantial amount. I see this as the trajectory of the Surface, which was like Gen One was a cool concept gen two made things a little better. And then it wasn't until the surface three, which became the surface that everybody knows today. I'm talking about the Microsoft surface. So that's, that's where I see this is going. This is really cool hardware. This is a great uh, proof of concept. I imagine that iterations are going to get, um, they're going to figure out because there's so many button combinations right now. I could see versions of this thing that already play around with the buttons. And it's like, you know what? We don't need the touchpads. We can get rid of those. We can just have two, two thumbsticks, you know, have the same switch configuration um, and save space on the sides. We can, we can remove bezel and then shrink things down there or have more screen real estate. So it doesn't appear as big. It is, we can flatten it a bit. So it doesn't, you know, have to be so damn thick on top. It's like, there's a whole bunch of different ways that things could progress to make this be a better performer down the line and be more palatable for a mainstream audience. I don't see that happening Gen 1. It may happen in Gen 2, but for sure, if it makes it to Gen 3, that's when it'll really break into mainstream because the concept is awesome. Having a portable console that's based around a Steam library is amazing. 
think about the games that you play on Switch, or better yet, let me tell you, the games that I play on Switch mostly are, I'm not looking for more horsepower. If I'm looking for, you know, what's going to best use the hardware and, or playing like indie games, that kind of thing, smaller, smaller things that I could pick up and play, maybe RPGs, those are the kind of things that'll be perfect on this thing, especially since most independent games come out on, on Steam first. So you don't have to wait for them to come to Switch. It's like, bam, you play it on this thing. It's more powerful, whatever. That'd be great. But I would never pull this thing out on a train. There's no way. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. actually made the comment. They were like, now I know why every time I see a video, it's always like someone playing it on a table. It's like, yeah, that's why. Because it's so goddamn yeah. big and heavy. It's bulky. Yeah. It's cumbersome. It hurts. I'm not that yeah, strong. I, I just don't like, if I'm going to play a Steam game, I've got a desktop computer to do it on. Like it's just one of those things where it's like I think this is hitting a very specific target that has a need for this. This isn't. I don't think this is an impulse buy. I would say a lot of people have impulse ball switch because you know you go to someone's house and they're playing Legend of Zelda. You're like, this is awesome. I gotta buy this thing, or you know whatever. Like Switch, I think you're playing Mario Kart at a friend's house or you're playing Smash. But like I think Switch is a bit more. It's organically grown over time, and because it's Nintendo, right? They releasing really good titles on these things and indie games. I, I just think this thing is so niche it's going to be people who really want one will buy it but it's not a portable no one's going to be traveling with this thing on a train it's something your your kid takes on a long car ride when you're going to grandma's house <laughs> that's about it yeah so i bet you i see him on the train i'll see it eventually but it's damn i i need to, i'm gonna like look at the the arm strength of these people they're gonna be sweating while they're playing because it's too it's not that heavy i'm just being facetious here anyway check that out um and then lastly Let's talk about some Shin Megami Tensei, right? It's basically yeah. the only game I've been playing because otherwise it's just been bouncing around and being schizophrenic and not being not deciding what I want to play at home while I wait for Horizon to come out in a week and a half. So, all right. Shin Megami Tensei 5, you finally started it. How do you like it? So that's the thing, right? It's It's interesting because... If you've played Persona, this is like Persona without the school nonsense so far. It's like you kind of just dive in and they're like, "Here, here's some characters start fighting stuff," <laughs> which which is which is good, right? Like you just kinda, definitely more gameplay focused. It's way more, it's more gameplay about the demons. Focused. It's yes. it's more about the demons uh, than the characters. The demons basically are the characters in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's so it's good. Um, I'm finding normal a little too easy. Mm. Unfortunately. Interesting. I, I I really wanted to stick with hard. The problem with hard is that it was too easy to pretty much one shot kill your characters. Oh yeah. And getting resources was just too hard. So you just spent a lot of time grinding, which which was I was like, okay, now this is a time waster because I just have to fight the low level characters until I'm so overwhelmingly powerful I can go to the next one without getting creamed, right? I can go to the next one and then you just have to constantly do this where this one I like I've kind of been able to speed run through some of this stuff on normal because it's it's a lot of RPG gameplay of you know buffing characters and reducing attacks and sort of putting all your attacks on one person and you know making kind of you know making a team so to speak. So I, I'm enjoying it. I just I kind of wish there was a level between hard and normal because it's fun and I'm sure I'll I'll get tripped up on some normal stuff. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, just right now after playing hard, it's been like okay, this isn't like wow, this is really kind of easy. And I don't have to do as much as I like the challenge of hard. I didn't like the time wasting of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. the, it goes back to the game. It's, you know, respecting your time that we went that I was kept saying again and again last week. So I got I crossed the 20 hour mark in this game. 
Um, okay. My characters are like level 36, 37, something like that. And yeah, I still love this game. And medium feels just right because there are plenty of times where I'll play for 30 minutes and get nowhere because I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push a little bit further. Yeah, I may have captured another demon. All right, I did. Um, I got some good resources. I found one of those little guys with the split heads. That's great. Um, they're kind of cute in a way. Yeah. Um, it's a lot less graphic than I just said, guys with the split yeah. heads. <laughs> um, but they, uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like you enter this boss, you're like, I got him. And then, but they started first and they two shot you and you're dead. Yes. So that still yeah. happens. And that's still okay, a yeah. part of the game. Um, and then you also have those big bosses, you know, those red ones, and then the actual bosses. But yep. it feels, it feels like it, it's more fair. And when I hit those walls, it's like, got it. Okay, so I need to rethink. Like that's one of the cool yeah, things exactly. about Shin Megami yeah. Tensei is it's it can be about your level, but it more than anything, it's more about who's in your lineup, what are their powers, yes. and how yeah, can you exactly. handle this situation. Yep. So usually the grind is going back and finding the correct demon combinations that you need. It's like, oh shit, right. I should have held on to this guy. Okay, let me go get him again and then or, fuse him or with this thing. Or using the essences at a time to yeah. sort of, you know, give your team electrical power so you can hit him four times with, you know, with the other thing that gives you another round. So yeah, like I'm, I'm totally with you. Like I have, I just, I haven't probably played that much over the next, over the last couple of days because of, just because I'm like, huh, like the stuff I was struggling with, with, with hard, I'm not struggling with anymore. But I, I, I see the point where you're talking about where it's like you hit enemies where you don't know what they are. And it's kind of, you kind of have to figure it out and you might die in the process of trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, so I'm with that, you 100%. So that challenge yeah. is still there. It's just, it doesn't happen every fucking fight it's like it happens at the points that you want it to happen and you need it to happen to kind of give you that ebb and flow and occasionally a, a normal fight can go sideways yeah. but if you want to go and explore and then you happen to run across a demon and accidentally get into a fight while you're exploring then you're not like completely screwed and feel like you're about to lose you know 45 minutes of progress because you know you were just kind of trying to scour the land for things um like it, it goes, I'm going to say it again, you know, that respect of time. And now I'm, I'm grind. I need to grind a little bit because I'm facing this boss. And then you think you kill the boss. And then this giant sperm thing comes out of its mouth. And then you're like, well, shit, here's another boss. And you're like, God damn it. And that's a different alignment. So this is a thing that hasn't happened in other fights before. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. This is different. And it's actually a challenge. And there's other boss fights that were challenges as well, because you don't really mm -hmm. know what you're going to get. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, it's typical when you enter a boss fight, the odd being able, having a good roster of demons and being able to think on your feet is um, is a cool aspect of this game that a lot of other games don't have. Um, and there's an openness to it that um, that really makes you think and use the whole world versus yeah, I can tell you where, where I am. I'm right. Uh, I've gone through the the desert city part and I've gone up like the old highways. Um, so I'm right before I get to the Tokyo Tower, and I've I the last battle I had, which again, which was tough. I still got through it. Was like I talked to someone that was kind of in a corner. It was a it was like a big uh, it was like a beast looking dude and this woman. So it was like the first kind of real like enemy boss that showed up. Yeah, and I fought her. And again, like I, I lost one character, but for the most part, I was able to kind of go through it. Where I was like, if this was hard, and they would have started first, it would have wiped out my entire team. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so yeah, it just, yeah. it, like, you're right. It feels more fair, but it wasn't like I was expecting to be like, oh, maybe this is a tough one, but I still was able to get through it. But then I, I have enough resources to revive people. I have enough resources to do stuff where I couldn't get that on hard. 
like trying to revive people all the time and trying to get bread and trying to keep like it took that's what took the time on hard when i actually enjoyed the gameplay of it but i just didn't like the resource grind to try and just make sure that your team could be revived where now i got plenty of money i could buy the bread to revive the, the bead to revive people like it's just a little bread. easier yeah, I, I always read that as like revival bread, but it's, it's funny. <laughs> Might be. Might be. So, but yeah, yeah look, I'm, but, I'm enjoying it, but it's definitely more, it's less story and more gameplay so far. Like, right. I've, that is definitely, one guy kind of shows up as like, huh, huh, the train has done some stuff. Now go fight some more monsters. It's not like, hey, let's go back to school and go to sleep and do stuff, which is a nice break. But I also kind of like that this is just like, just get on with it. You're fighting with some demons. Get, get to the point. Yeah, this it's is kind of um, nice. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei has rarely been about story. There's always like this game also when they do introduce story bits, it is fucked up. Like there's yeah. some there's some shit that goes down. You're like, oh, are they? Well, surely they're not like if this was per- you. It's funny because it's Persona is an offshoot of this, right? Not yeah, the other exactly. way around. So there will be things in this game that y- there will be some story beats and there's not a lot of them. But when they do happen, you'll be like. If you're in the persona mindset, we're like, well, surely that it's going to go this way. And I'm like, no, that's wrong game. That's not how this is going to go down. <laughs> this is going to go down in the more horrific way because that's how we do it. <laughs> like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. And they and they've never pulled any punches. And these the the overall themes of the persona of the Shimigami Tensei games are always around the same things. It's always in Tokyo. It's always this apocalyptic scenario there's always the dueling factions of um of like basically heaven and hell so you got the angels versus the demons and they call that like law versus chaos and it's like if you go back and look at the stories of these other games in the past it's like they're all terrible scenarios the best way to move forward is the in-between pass otherwise it's like everybody's a slave of god everybody's basically being uh, ransacked by demons like those are the two uh, endings of any game right and then you usually have a cast of characters that will align themselves with one or the other. And it, it's kind of wild. The one that I played the most of was uh, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey, which was on the DS and they revamped it for 3DS. And that that concept was so cool. It was in a um, it was like more of a sci fi themed one. And the only reason why it wasn't Shin Megami Tensei 4 was because it wasn't in Tokyo. It was in like this like Schwarzwelt thing. I think they called it. It was like in the North Pole. It was kind of bizarre, um, but it was that whole premise was wild. At one point, like the dude who was like all in on the demon stuff, like fused with the demon. You're like, holy shit, this is crazy. <laughs> like this is it, there's some wild stuff that goes down. So even though the story is not prevalent, it's more about its thematic elements and mm. what it's trying to say. And even the demon design itself is derived. They're derived. You may realize that like as you interact with the demons and what they say, it's indicative of the design and how they come from the various philosophies. And like a lot of them are very sexual. And that's just because they also prey on like human desires and they're based upon um, those kind of themes. So, yeah, when you're fighting a giant snake, that's like a bunch of penis heads. You're like, okay, cool. They're succubi in the game. And um there was once there was this um, there's like some side quests in there that'll give you a choice. It's like, hey, maybe you saw this one where one person was like, hey, can you go and like kill all those people to uh, help our cult? And then the other people are like, yo, can you like kill the cultist? And then I'm like, all right, cool. You got <laughs> you have to make those choices. There's one side quest where there was this um, 
there was like a bunch of succubi and they were like, Hey, um, we're really trying to get to, uh, we're trying to get to all these humans and, uh, and we, we just like them. So we just want to like hang out with them. So can you, but there's like this one angel standing in the way. So can you kill them? And then we'll, they're like, I'll join you as well as one of your demons. And it's like, okay. And then you go to the, you go to that angel and you could, you could fight them or they could say, no, don't do that. It's like, go, go kill the succubi. Cause they're just going to go kill all the humans. And then I, you know, I did what anybody would do and I, I killed the angel and I helped the succubi. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's just, it's yeah, the only, some weird, it's the only yeah. right option in that scenario, yeah. right? Like yeah. what else would you do? Yeah. So yeah, look, I've, I'm, I, I'm enjoying it. I will play it through. I would say the persona stuff was more, I like the story of persona, like specifically persona four. Persona 5, the story was okay. I liked the 4 story maybe a little bit better. Maybe it's just because it was a different time. I was able to play it on handheld, and I was I put 70, 80 hours into that You game. also didn't finish 5. I didn't finish 5, yeah. And But again, that's there's some there's a bit of a reason to that, just because it's like, you know, being able to play it handheld in, you know, different time versus having to sit on your PS4 and play the game, and it's it's a bit more, it's too much of a time sink that way versus this game works well, where you can literally, you know, you pick it up, and you play it and you're not really concerned about the story you can kind of pick it up and keep playing because just hey i gotta get more demons and fight stuff which i think lends more to maybe me not being able to play it every single day where with persona 4 i was able to persona 5 i wasn't and next thing you know i'm like oh, i don't even remember where i am what the story is like oh okay i'm not gonna bother so yeah it's a difference of plot versus characters and persona is yeah. character driven and shimigami tensei is plot driven and when the characters are there in Shin Megami Tensei, you're like, whatever. And then when the plot starts to unveil itself in Persona, you're like, whatever. So, but, but arguably, if you had to choose between the two and you're looking purely from a storytelling perspective and not a gameplay perspective, then to me, characters win the day every, every time. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And like story, and like, yeah, some of that stuff really, really helps. And it, it just depends on how many, how many hours you're willing to put into this. And this game, I'm assuming, is going to be, 70 80 hours as well right that's my no assumption. i think it's like i think it's oh, like it's 40 not. hours okay yeah. so it's much less yeah so, so it's just different right like it's you might be able to play through this one grind it play it and be done with it versus persona you kind of got to get into the school stuff and the relationship building and some of that stuff and it's just a different it's a different type of player really so yeah so on the other hand that pokemon game that came out last week apparently it's really good okay so if you're looking for oh, okay so this game is apparently shimigami tensei is Main story, 47 and a half hours. If you do main plus extras, like side quests, it's about 66 hours. So you're probably closer. If you do everything, 94 and a half hours. Could you imagine playing on hard? Good God. Excuse me. Oof. Couldn't imagine. Yeah. Could not imagine. No way. I might switch it to easy. Just if I <laughs> if I get tired of it and just so I can say oh, just, sure. just so you can see it through. I mean, there's a casual mode as well. And I was like, how easy is casual? Like, is that like you just show up and the demon just fall over? <laughs> like, what is it? It's probably the same mode I used to finish the last like what was it like the last 20 minutes of uh, final fantasy seven yeah. like that, which I still happen to die in. I was like, how the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think I should play persona four again. Um, I've been thinking about Keep it. telling like, you play persona three. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> persona three portable. I will not, I will not stop yelling at you <laughs> because aggressive. persona three portable is as good is every bit of good as persona four except the dungeons are kind of lame but other than that it's as good it's great it's a lot darker yeah but too. now that i'm on this now that i'm on this murder mystery comedy kick maybe i should play maybe i should actually finish dang on rampa <laughs> yeah you should do that too play them all 
Or I, I, or I just said that because I knew it was going to get you all excited. Or or I the Somnium Files. That's another good one. You That's another weird murder stuff. You lose me. <laughs> like, I the that? Somnium <laughs> File. They're Too coming many. out with a sequel of I the Somnium Jesus. Files this year. It's going to be good. That that trailer, by the way, is one of the most ridiculous trailers. I'm like, this is a terrible trailer. You ever watch something and you're like, why do people think this is good? Um, all the time. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. You're right. You know what? But, 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 but again, but that's just I, that's always personal taste, though, right? Like, there's stuff that I like that people are like, "Oh, like this is awful." Um, this but it's this just, was it's one of those things taste. where I know the game's going to be great yeah. because the first one was so good, and this guy hasn't missed. This is this is from the guy who made um, like the the nine 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 games. You know, the uh, the official game of Herman Cain. <laughs> But he, uh, oh, speaking of which, I still got that. I do. Oh, shuck it, duck it now. <laughs> still it's the got only it. sound you've ever added to the soundboard. The well, only what one. else is worth adding? You know, know maybe I should just it, find him saying nine, nine, nine. And then instead of saying, yeah, you I'll should have him saying nine, nine, nine. Yeah. That's you got to find, you got to find more Herman Cain sounds. Yeah, I guess I do I need more Herman Cain sounds. So, um, yeah, but I watched this trailer and this game is like exists on jank. Right. And I knew that. And I started watching this trailer and everybody's like, oh my God, this trailer looks so good. And I get it. It's all the fans of the game. But I'm like, guys, this is a terrible trailer. The game's going to be awesome, but this trailer sucks because this game will never show well in a trailer. <laughs> it absolutely will not. Um, I, the Somnium Files, really messed up game. Lots of people getting murdered. Lots of crazy shit going on. But if you get the true ending, it all ends in a big dance number. So that's fun. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's it. All right. I got nothing else to say. We're at two. We're over two hours. Are we? Wow. Okay. It's supposed to be yeah. short. And look at us. <laughs> well, let me say we got we hit some real issues today. We got yeah, deep. We, did. we talked about Rogan. Talked about Whoopi. We solved all the problems of the world. And then I I told you all the reasons why Star Wars is a is chaos. Yeah, it's bad. And you got and you got some good TV recommendations. So there you go. You know what? Yeah. I'd say this was a pretty good use of your time. So you're welcome <laughs> for that. And Thanks. if you feel as privileged to have this podcast as we are privileged to have you listen to it, then you should go and review us on iTunes and or Spotify and say, uh, you know, big fan of the show or I hate the show, but whatever it is you say, just make sure it's five stars and then put the criticism under it. If you do have shit to say, no one likes a one star review. Don't be that guy. Anyway, till next time, this podcast is over. <laughs>